So, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you listen to this. This is Matthew Bailey alongside my critique in Bali Crime, Ricardo Medina. Hello, hello, hello. And this is another episode of BS Beats and Bailey. And uh, today we have quite a variety of stuff to talk about. Uh, first off, being the, well, the Academy Awards nomination list that came out the following day after we, well, last met online, right? Uh, that would be last week. Well, in this case, it would be last week, Monday, the time recording here. Uh, also, speaking of TV, we will talk about, uh, well, parts four and five, but I guess technically we could just kind of talk about the whole thing, I guess, of, well, uh, CW slash R versus crossover event Crisis on Infinite Earths. After that, uh, I will do sort of a similar to like what I did with um, with Mr. Dog Walker's, you know, the Star Trek Critics the Wall video um, to, and to extend the album. I'm going to do something like that similar, but in this case, it's for Eminem's surprise album, which which literally dropped out of nowhere um, two days ago, the time it's recorded here. Yeah, this thing dropped last week, Friday. I saw a tweet of it on, on, uh, in my email. I was like, wait, seriously, this man dropped an album. Once again, he's doing this whole surprise album stuff. I don't know why he's doing it with Friday, uh, on Fridays. That's beyond me because he did he pulled that same stuff with um, with Kamikaze. But yeah, so we have a new album and it's called Music to be Murdered by. So it will be part album review and part mainly issue that I have right now with Eminem in his career. Uh, also, I will talk about the well, a film that um, I wouldn't say it was snubbed. Actually, I, will, I don't want to say honestly that you know it got snubbed at the Academy Awards, do we? But uh, this was what a lot of people will, will, will give it praise of last year. Um, I didn't get around to see that back um, 2019, but um, it actually came out in theaters uh, last week, actually. So, well, checked it out. This would be Dark Waters, right? This is the latest film from director Todd Haynes. Lastly, one of the, well, I would say uh, unexpected sequel, one of which, like, nobody saw coming. But, I mean, like, we, we were hearing rumblings about it here, like it was going to come out, but we're like... Uh, I don't know if it makes sense now. It's a little too late because the last film came out in like what 2003. So yeah, 17, late, 17 years later, now we get in Bad Boys for Life. Right. They're like, all right, right, <laughs> okay. So yeah, we both checked it out, and we will just share our thoughts on that. Um, just to close off the the episode here. So um, let me talk about Oscars, boy. Yeah. All right. So that's right off the bat. Okay. So I was out. To, right, so to be honest, I wasn't. I, I wouldn't say that it was a. I wouldn't say that I was like disappointed by anything. Like pretty much, what was supposed to be there was there. I would say I was like, oh my right. god, but that's got snub, blah blah blah. Um, even though like when I think about it, you know, like stuff like Uncut Gems could have been at least nominated for Best Actor. You know what I mean? Right. Sorry, Adam Sandler. I just hope you don't go back to making shitty comedies. Um, the Farewell could have been nominated as well. You know what I mean? So other stuff could have been right. nominated too. But the big highlight, of course, is Joker. Dread Joker, right. um, now in eleven nominations, which right. I have a feeling have some politics, some stuff behind the scenes. Some people say there was an apology for you know the Dark Knight not winning, not being nominated for Best Picture, but one for Best right. Actor. You know what I mean for you know really great Heath Ledger playing the same Joker role, right? Well, in a sense, but yeah, you know we so you have stuff behind the scenes going on. I just feel there's some kind of politics thing. Maybe simply is just a way for the yeah. Oscars to get people to watch the show again. Because well, yeah. you know, la- well, right. like like last year, you know, what I mean, they had a low viewership, even though oh well, Black Panther is nominated for Best Picture, huh? But I think this whole Joker thing going up, um, being nominated for eleven awards is a big deal. You know what I mean? 
I yeah, but I I, I yeah, I'll straight up say that uh, you know, it's not an underdog movie. No, no, like, no. People trying to market it as this, and it's not. It's like no, it's a big, easy, popular. It was kind of easy run for it. Like yeah. Todd Howard just say bullshit that don't make any sense. And you wonder if he just trolling people. Like he say things like, "Oh, the movie would have made a bunch of money if it wasn't called Joker." Uh no dude. Uh, nope. <laughs> If it wasn't referencing the Joker, the most popular one, probably even if not the most popular comic book villain ever, uh, your movie wouldn't make that much trouble. Yeah, totally agree, totally agree. But yeah, um, so you know, well, in in this case here, we're not gonna do predictions as such, but um, I'll just kind of mention the films and who got well nominated for what, right? So um, really glad to see that well, Leo DiCaprio got nominated for best actor um for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. That was great. I thought that his performance was great as well. Um, but of course, I mean, Joaquin Felix get nominated for Joker. I have a feeling he's going to win that for sure. I mean, tech, I mean, he has competition, but I mean, let's be real, it, it has to be Joaquin Phoenix, right? Um, yeah. Well, so Adam Driver, I'm glad that he got nominated for Marriage Story. We dug his performance. Um, and Jonathan Price uh, for the two posts, which we reviewed last week. And yeah, I mean, I was yeah, really right. surprised that um, he got nominated for this uh, for that. Uh, as far as supporting actor, well, I mean, Al Pacino, Joe Pesci for The Irishman. Great to see both of them going head um, toe-to-toe, basically. But I have a feeling, yeah, it got to be Joe, for sure. I'm um, glad to see Brad Pitt got nominated for the same category for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I thought he was great in that. Auntie Hopkins yeah. for The Two Popes, you know what I mean? Great. Um, Tom Hanks for A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood. I haven't seen that as yet. Right. I saw uh, that, but... but, that, but uh... It's kind of weird that it's supporting, though, because isn't it? No, no, no. Like, him? if you saw the movie, if you saw the movie, yeah, he's the supporting actor. He's not the main character. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. All right. Um, this is I wouldn't see this as an upset, but I was, I was surprised that not that many people talked about it. And I have a feeling it's just because you know certain people. Uh, let me just say, the African Americans just stop giving a shit. Um, the only like African American person to be nominated for anything. Well, outside of the Obamas being nominated for Best Documentary with American Factory, but that's true, they're company. Right. But uh, talking about here, well, Best Actress being Cynthia Uvio being nominated uh, for her performance in Harriet. And she's right. like the only black person in this. I was surprised because I thought Lupita would have gained for us. Like, she yeah. in Harriet. Yeah, and yeah. I've had Harriet's kind of trash, frankly. Um, okay, well, I, I haven't seen it as yet, though. Yeah. I, and do you even know if, well, I, if, okay. if I should? Here's the thing with it. it's, it's, a, it's a Marvel movie. That's what it is. I mean, it's played like that. Yeah, so clear, like, like they're trying to build this historic, our well, American historic it's cinema. Framed it's framed something. It's framed right. So because, like, I get what you, I get the logic behind it, but it still don't work because right. it's because it's they're it's, real heroes. Get it? The real heroes, right? I guess that's the point, right? Right. And they frame it as she's this big badass hero and whatnot, but like, given the subject matter, it's like, oh, this kind of tastes less now. And yeah, I like personally, case, man. yeah. Yeah, a little bit. But whatever. It's like, whatever. Fine. But right. yeah, I'm surprised you get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I don't know. Maybe that's why people are really talking about it so much. Cause I, I would expect, you know, be people would raise up a baby. See, this is why we don't want you to kind of be wards and blah, 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 blah. And right. Not right. enough black representation, but anyway. But um, glad to see Scarlett Johansson get nominated. I loved her performance. I still haven't seen Little Women, Bob, Shell, or Judy. So I will be checking those out for sure. So, you know, I could kind of gauge for myself who should really win that category. Um, best Supporting Actress, we have, well, Laura Dern, Marriage Story, great, Scarlett Johansson, again, for Jojo Rabbit, uh, McGill Florence Pugh for Little Woman, right. Margot right. Robbie for Bombshell, I haven't seen either of those, those two, and then, well, of course, Kathy Bates for Richard Jewell, which I don't know if, 
like I do want to see it, and it's coming out this week actually in theaters in Trinidad. But now I'm wondering if okay, outside of Katy Bates being nominated, does it <laughs> would it really matter if I see it or not? And I don't know, right. I can't really answer that question. You know what I mean? Um, best animated feature film, uh, How to Train Your Dragon Tree. Okay, that was it was it was pretty good. Not the best animated film out there, but I I like the way how it ended. Um, I lost my buddy, which I reviewed um, last year, which I had my little issues with, but you know it it was it was quite interesting. I would say, um, Klaus, right. your, one of your favorite movies of, of 2019. I actually watched it on Christmas Day. I was like, yeah, this this movie is great though. But I was actually surprised that I got nominated for for best animated feature. So we have two Netflix films here. Great, uh, yep. Missing Link, which I would admit I haven't seen. When I heard I that, that one, um, well, best animated feature. At the Golden Globes, I was like, okay, well, I, I need to see this, though. I know it's from the team who gave us, you know, Wallace and Gromit, but I haven't checked out their stuff in, like, ages, though, you know what I mean? So, apparently, Missing Link is, like, a big thing, so I'll I'll give it a look. Um, Toy Story 4, not surprised. I mean, Disney, Pixar. But um, I heard some people were, like, a little thing because um, Frozen 2 didn't get nominated for that category. It got nominated for Best Original Song, but I haven't seen or heard, I haven't seen the movie or heard the song, so I can't really see anything, right? But, um, yeah, whatever. Uh, Carody, I don't really have any pick at the moment because I only saw, well, technically four of these five uh, films. But anyway, uh, technical stuff. I mean, cinematography, not surprised. 1917, I rooted for Roger Deakins to win here. But, you know, once upon a time in Hollywood, have a chance. Joker have a chance. Right. Irishman have a chance. The Lighthouse. Yes, I am so, so glad that that, that got nom- um, nominated for that because, dog, cinematography for that was. Excellent, excellent, right? Uh, costume design, we have the Irishman, not surprised. Joker, not surprised. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, not surprised as well. We have Little Woman, not surprised as well. And we have Jojo Rabbit. Uh, best Director. This is the the, the, the the tricky part here, right? Because... Yeah, um, Shall yeah because um, uh, Bong Joon-ho is nominated here. I thought they would have got nominated. Um, people who I thought would have got nominated didn't get nominated. So I right. thought... Uh, Greta Gerwig would have gotten through. Yes, yes. And I yes, thought, yes. Um, oh gosh, Noah Baumbach would have gotten through as well. Right, for um, for Mario's story. And yeah. yeah, speaking speaking of, of, um, of Greta, um, you know what I mean? Once again, oh, well, why don't, why, you know what I mean? Female directors getting snubbed again. <sighs> I wish I could, like, make a comment on that, but I really, really can't do. I mean, it is what it is, you know, once again, politics, but I mean, it's heavy well, hitters uh, here, right? So the thing is, uh, I haven't seen Little Women, but I, I, I already told you I, I was very underwhelmed by her last movie, uh, uh, Lady Bird, right? Which was highly right. overrated, right? Highly overrated. So I don't know. Like, I was, it's, it's interesting that if she, if they could have pushed her up this time instead of last time, I don't know. Yeah, because I actually heard that that nothing but praise for Little Women actually. So it's like, well, okay, I know I will actually enjoy it once I get to see it, but at least give her a little chance. You know what I mean? But I don't know. But yeah, um, not surprising. Scorsese is up. Todd Phillips is up. Sam Mendes is up. Tarantino is up. And like I say, Bong Joon-ho is up for, for Parasite, which by the way yeah. is also nominated for Best um, for best uh, Foreign Language Film, which making it making it actually the... F- no, um, and Best Film actually, making it the first South Korean film to be nominated for Best Film. That is like a big, big, big deal here. Um, but for me, I am rooted for Parasite to at least win Best... Um, Best foreign language film. If it wins Best Director, that'll be kind of awesome. Because I mean, it's not. It's, it's, it hasn't been the first time that a 
non-American director won that category. I mean, look at Guillermo del Toro. Look at um, Inaritu, 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 look at, um, oh gosh, Alfonso Cuaron in the past. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, best documentary, documentary feature, like I say, we have American Factory. That's the only one that I've seen here. Um, um, how my, uh, well, I plan to check out The Edge of Democracy, but I haven't seen The Cave or For Summer or Honeyland, right? Um, best documentary short subject feature as well. Hey, I would like to see these films as just if they are, you know, available or not. Uh, film editing, we have Ford v Ferrari, which is also going on for best picture. I mean, look at that, right? right? Uh, which, I, um, which I super for. Yeah, yeah. To, um, I thought that the editing for that was was on point, right? Irishman, well done. I mean, Thomas um, Shoemaker, an icon as far as film editing goes. Jojo Rabbit, would not would have seen that coming, but yeah, that had some smart editing choices here. Um, same thing with Joker, and then also Parasite as well. So cool. Uh, right. So you mentioned best foreign language. Well, at least they call it best international feature film, right? So along with Parasite, we have Pain and Glory, which I have on my list to check out before. The, the Oscars are really, really, really want to see that. Uh, Les Miserables, who, Les Miserables, who, um, or Les Miserables, sorry, uh, which have me wondering now because Scenic is a modern film, I'm like, wait, no, so is this a modern ad- adaptation of the classic play or is it just a new story altogether? I have no clue. We have the documentary Honeyland and we have Corpus Christi from Poland. Uh, makeup and hair styling. Sorry, I don't care for that. Moving on. Uh, music. Well, best original score. We have Joker. I loved, loved the score for this, right? From um, Hilda. I can't pronounce the name, but I'm going to bet myself. I'm going to actually try to figure out or figure out a way to pronounce that name by the time <laughs> I do my Oscar predictions. Uh, I'm holding myself down to that. Uh, Little Woman. Haven't heard the score for that. Marriage Story. Randy Newman's score was great. Uh, yeah. 1917. Thomas Newman's score was for that was great. Star Wars: Rise of Skywalker. I mean, oh gosh, John Williams is, is Star Wars shit. I mean, come on, come on, right? Uh, best original song. We have Toy Story Four. Um, that's like the only song I know from from this category. I haven't heard the song for Frozen Two or Harriet or Rocket Man actually, which won an award. Well, the song won an award actually. Um, I was surprised at but, that yeah. if Rami Malek, I'm surprised Rami Malek could win for fucking. Uh, his movie, yeah. Bohemian Rhapsody, right? Yeah, and and Richardson didn't get nominated. I suppose. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah, and I no, and I haven't seen Rocket Man as yet. That that's also my to um also in my to watch list. But I have a feeling I can enjoy that immensely more than um than Bohemian Rhapsody. Though. Yeah, no, Rocket Man was okay. It was actually pretty good. But of course, better than Bohemian, right? Definitely. That's what we do. That get nominated for editing and the editing is somebody worse editing. What the fuck? That's supposed to get nominated for Razzie editing, Jordan. You know. <laughs> anyway, um, all right. So best production design, Irishman, not surprised, Jojo Rabbit, well deserved. 1917, yeah. well deserved, once upon a time in Hollywood, and Parasite, which I thought, yeah, production design was great, especially like the interiors, like that was great. Um, best animated short. I haven't watched Hair Lovers yet. A lot of people talking about it, seeing me, them crying shit, but um, yeah, yeah, I'll great. get to see it and then I'll be like, yeah, yeah, you're right. That that need to win. That need to win. But yeah, I have a feeling that will win. Just offer how popular it, you know, it it um it is now. Uh, best live action short. Hey, if they 
put out some online for me to see. Okay, cool. Then I could, you know, make my opinion. Uh, now we get to speak of the Bohemian Rhapsody by um, sound editing and sound mixing. I'll never forget last year where I think it won for best sound editing. And we were like, what? Like, how? Like, because you you transition, we will rock you from, you know, from creation fees to where the performance is like, wait, that, that's how it wins? This off of a song, like come on, man. Anyway, so some other thing we have um, Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker. Not surprised. We have Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Not surprised as well. Nine Seventeen, well deserved Joker, and Four V Ferrari. So yeah, great, great picks here. Um, song mixing. We have Ad Astra. I need to watch right. it over so I could you know, pick up on the song mixer. But I love how the sound worked on in that movie in particular. Right, Four V Ferrari. Not surprised. Joker. Not surprised. Nine Seventeen. Once upon a time in Hollywood again. Visual effects. This this one, this one, I'm kind of laughing a bit. Reason being is because, well, of course, you have Avengers Endgame and you have Rise of Skywalker and you have pff, Lion King, right? Right. The two big heavy hitters that we have in this, along with those three, are 1917 and the Irishman. I would yeah. laugh if the Irishman win. I would really laugh yeah. the Irishman win. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because that, I mean, that's that's hilarious. Irishman versus Endgame, da. And you know, it's cause at the MCU, da. That would be so so hilarious, though. But um, I mean, I, I love Endgame and all that, Jay, but I'm not I'm not expected to win anything at the awards. I mean, it is what it is, right? Um, best adapted screenplay, we have the Irishman that could win. Jojo Rabbit. I could win too. I mean, Taika Waititi did write the screenplay. Um, Joker could. Little Woman heard a lot of great things about how Greta reworked the story. Um, and the two popes, which we reviewed um, last week. Uh, best original screenplay. Hey, Ryan Johnson's here with Knives Out. Great. Marriage Story right. could win. 917 also could win. Once Upon a Time right. in Hollywood. I kind of root in because my boy Tarantino. Parasite. You know what I mean? Um, glad, glad to see that got nominated here. And speaking of that, um, last things last, we have Best Motion Picture of the Year. So we have, yes, Parasite. I mean, like, this to me is like what Roma was like last year. And I was like, well, you know, we have a huge chance Roma could win. And then, well, you know what happened, right? <laughs> Green Book, right? But anyway, but I would say, though, compared to other years, boy, this this year kind of tricky, you know? Like, it has so much great, well, great films here that have a chance of winning. And even if, like, okay, well, I was rooting for this one, but okay, this one win, I kind of understand why. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, you have you have kind of moments for that, but there's no, like, real, you know, like a movie that really should not be there, period. You know what I mean, not, not like that. Um, so, yeah, so we have Parasite. We have Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which, honestly, I might be slightly disappointed if it wins, but, I mean, it's Tarantino, so, hey, you win a, you win a Best Picture. So, this... Do your final film and just, you know, bow gracefully and move on, right? Cool. You have 1917, which have a huge chance of winning. You have Marriage Story. I could be happy if it win. Not expecting it to win, but I could be happy. I'll be like, yeah, yeah. Um, Little Woman, so, you know what I mean? Have a chance. Joker. I'll get to Joker in a bit. Um, Jojo Rabbit, Irishman, and Ford v. Ferrari. Now, here where things could get a little tricky now, right? We will talk about it probably in the next few weeks, right? Is what if Joker wins it? Like I, I know I don't really want to think about it too much. Uh, you know what I mean? Because how popular it is, but just what if, Jen? What if so listen, Joker wins? If Joker wins, if Joker wins, that'll be the listen. You'll never hear the end of this of the most obnoxious people. <laughs> no right. 
dog. There would be so much people point, that would come out and say, how that could win? That's so yeah. overrated. Oh, gosh, that's not even Joker's real origin story. And yeah, even I, I have a feeling even fans and all good, 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 try, good, good, um, I end up backpedaling and saying, well, you know, if they are just actually stuck with the original thing, maybe you could have gotten a great movie and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, come on, man, the man, do what you do, Todd Phillips, do what you do. It's his own take right. on it and work, right? But yeah, I just no, thinking... think as, 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 as I said, the problem with Joker for me is just it, it just is so derivative and, and, and pastiche based. You know, yes. it's, it's pastiche based. So that's why I didn't, I didn't love it. But for a comic book film, it's fine. Because I don't mind when you do pastiche based for a comic book film. It's fine. Right. Uh, yeah. But for, for Best Picture now, especially when Parasite exists, why not? <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. I, I, would be, I would be genuinely happy if, if Parasite win, but. And this yeah. is politics again. Now we have to give it to American film, Jay. You have to give it to American film. So for me now, like I, I, I still have to think about it and hopefully I'll get the chance to rewatch a few of these films. So when we actually do our Oscar predictions, hopefully within the, within the next uh, few episodes, I could give them a final opinion. Right now, I think it might either be Irishman, um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Parasite, maybe. But the 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 um what 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 how they call it by the um the wild card in this case dread could be Joker Hus. That could be like okay if all of those do make it dread wild card, wild card right if, if all those do make it dread could be Joker though. Like my head I, I, I can't I can't see it happening. But at the same time right. it's like but you know it actually could you know it actually could happen. <laughs> I don't know how things will change from that point, but still, it could happen. Right. I I still not really like that convinced. Like, okay, they spent a lot of money on it. They spent a lot of money hyping it as well. Like, the only reason that, that it get true is because, you know, look, you have to spend a lot of money pushing these films for the, for the academy, right? Uh, and I just don't know if it could win because it'll, for the sheer merit of the film itself, like yeah, they spend money, but I don't know. I feel it. Yeah, yeah, totally, to- totally agree. But um, this last thing you just want, I just want to say as far as Joker goes, um, eleven, eleven nominations, well deserved by. But if it were up to me, I think it will just win one, and that'll be best actor. Jen. I think it will just be one yeah, of the situations yeah, nice. where yeah, we just <laughs> see in this title over and over and over, and yeah, it will just win one for the night. Okay. It's kind of, it's kind of like, it's, it's kind of like what Black Panther was for last year. Black Panther got what seven nominations, right? Yeah, um, right. I think it won for best. Um, it won for best. Um, best costume and right. uh, yeah, best costume and best original um, musical score. Right. So I was like, it won three. I think two or three. What was the last one? By um, was it uh, pr- uh production design? It won for production. Uh, yeah. Right. Right. And so, to me, I was like, well, I get why it would win for it. Wait, wait, is and that's it. But so Joker now, what Joker again? I mean. For is like well, I can't see winning anything but um, best actor. That's it. So it's had because because everything else not that good or just derivative. I can't really pull the team, but we'll see. Yeah, we will see. We'll see. Um, and last, last, last thing, last right. Um, for me, like how I gauge this thing is like in five or ten years when I when I look back, like could I see okay, this movie really deserved that that best picture. Right? That that would be me. And like with um, with Green Book, for example, like I'll look back and be like, "That really deserved that way." Like I, I would have more pick Roma than anything else, though. But 
Green Book je, like I only saw the show once we reviewed it and that was it I never got back to that show you know? but I have a feeling if 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 you know Joker actually ends up winning that might end up being that same case right, where you'll talk about it but then years to come you'll be like yeah there was that one show that you know that one right but yeah um not much more i could say we'll see in the next few weeks well actually in three weeks actually how things will play out but yeah this this is a pretty um pretty interesting um well set of nominations here Jared. um like i say i feel they have some politics behind the scenes going on just probably they want more people to talk about it more people to watch the the actual ceremony and i have a feeling that yeah a lot of people are gonna check this out though just to see if Joker, you know, in the movie that was so controversial and people were hating on it and it become this big smash if that actually have a huge if if that actually have a chance of like sweeping the um the, the Oscars now. I, I think that could be like the sole reason why people will go and watch it. Um we'll check this out. Um any last words on the nominees or it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, nothing else, nothing else, nothing really bother me pussy pussy again. Uh the only issue I, I had was really no Bombak not getting nominated. I thought he should have got nominated. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and maybe I, I kind of wanted to see Adam Sandler get nominated. That's why. That's about it. Uh, you kind of wanted to see who won? Um, get Shall nominated, sorry. Sandler. Sandman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, uh, um, <laughs> I haven't read up on, on whether he was, he was like disappointed or pissed off that he get, didn't get nominated by. Well, no, he, but I heard... he did a, um, I, I saw he did a tweet that was really popular where he say, oh, um, he didn't get nominated, but Mama got nominated. Because remember, um, that oh, yes, yes, Kathy Bates play his mom Kathy, in, um, in, in, in the Waterboy. Right, 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 right. I saw that. Right, yeah, that was it. Yeah, but uh, I heard. Um, yeah, but I heard. Uh, oh gosh, Jennifer Lopez was kind of pissed that she didn't get nominated at all. I'm like, yeah, I, yeah, I, but, I don't care. Um, okay, because look, she was okay, but nah, not not nominated. Yeah, I mean, I haven't. I still haven't seen Hustlers yet, but I find like I think like people just like talking about it so much and i think because of the talk that's why people's like oh well you know the performance day but i wasn't like i like i haven't seen it yet but i'm not expecting her performance to be like oscar worthy it's, nah. like, it's great but probably will be great but not oscar worthy you understand yeah nah, yeah she i i don't think she was that good um i don't know why people was hyping this more than she they, they could have it was I, I like she was all right she was fine but like because the, the role didn't have any like weight behind it uh-huh. i don't care you know she does get like a, 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 a you know, the, the character has got like probation for a little while and things like, yeah, I didn't really give a shit about it. There's no stakes behind anything. All right, all right, all right. I'll, I'll still look at, I'll still watch it eventually. Just, I don't know. There's something, there's something gotten around to it. Anyway, right? So, talking about the Academy Awards and, you know, watching it on TV and stuff. Uh, let me just stick with TV a little bit. So, uh, if you guys remember last, well, last month actually, where we did our review of Star Wars: The Rise of Skywalker with our good friend Claude Lilford, right? We mentioned the first three episodes, or three parts, I should say, of the Arrowverse crossover, Crisis on Infinite Earths, right? And right, we right. were, we were, we were fairly, I should say, satisfied, I would say, by it. You know, we like it's it's every bit like what you would expect from a CW show by now. And that's what I'll say about the last two episodes, but um, but yeah, but you know, for what it is they set up, you know, what I mean, um, having these callbacks, having these characters finally team up, or some, you know, what I mean, old actors showing up and doing their thing was was really cool as well. Um, and just to jump into kind of like what the uh, this kind of like what the synopsis is still, um, it continues on from the last point where um, 
where basically the anti-monitor actually shows up well the mean big body now and he kind of orchestrates you know just kind of like the wiping out of all these earths right so now our heroes well these are the ones that survive end up in the vanishing point right which is like the edge of sea time and space right and now they have well they some of them kind of lose hope kind of lose faith especially um especially kara you know what i mean a super girl um and it's just like everybody just trying to pick themselves back up um Oliver Queen isn't there. He's actually on his, well, still on his technically in purgatory, or in this case, Leanne knew, right? right? Yeah, then where he was from, you know, from way, way, way back, right? And he's going through his own little weird supernatural drama stuff. But yeah, essentially, it's just our heroes kind of coming back together. And what they do in episode four, well, um, part four, I would say, which is an hour episode. And this was kind of weird at first. Maybe you could kind of explain it to me, right? Where the Flash, right? Because he well, he now figured he could able to kind of go into the speed force and try to figure things out. He sees different scenarios involving Arrow from the past, right? Some well, a, a right. one of them took place during a I think it was the, the previous crossover. Um, and then there was a few scenes I don't remember, cannot don't remember everything, all things Arrow, right? But yeah, if you are fan, you maybe remember those moments. And they kind of work around it in such a way where it's like, oh, well, yeah, this is like that scene from before, but they shoot another scene to make it look like it is that scene, you know what I mean? So it's basically, you know, um, Barry seeing all this stuff. And what I assume is going on here is that he kind of understands why it's really um, Oliver who has to be the martyr, basically, who have to die in order for these heroes to to win right, this so, thing. I could be right, wrong, so... tell me if I'm wrong or not. Okay, here it again. They were going to rush this whole thing. It was kind of weird. It was kind of weird, admittedly. It was kind of weird. Right, right. So, basically, what happens is that uh, Barry couldn't really use the Speed Force on his own. So, they needed Barry to use the Speed Force, but with Oliver's help. Um, What happened is that they went through through the Speed Force with some of Oliver's help, and then the anti monitor interrupted them. So, they got lost in the Speed Force. So, what was happening is due to um, Oliver Spectre's new new power set, he just figured out a way to spread them across the speed force and, and Barry now could run about and find them in basically past scenarios. Right, right. right. And, and and sorry to cut there, but Spectre, in this case, being Oliver, this is right, you Oliver, persona yes. in this whole crisis. And, so Spectre, right, so Spectre is a big DC character. He's like this, he's basically like the, what to call him, boy? He's the Kennedy avatar of God, or it's kind of like that. He's not okay, God, um, God. I, I have no, I have no context of who... Spectre. So I, I guess that's why I was lost into what was going right, on. Right, right. Big, like big, super powerful magic character in this in storyline. Uh-huh. He could kind of like transcend time and space and all that shit, right? So they make him powerful, you know. And in the comic, he was the one to take down the anti monitor. He was the big, big person to use the other heroes to take down the anti monitor. Oh. And that's, that's what they did. They did the same story because it is pretty much the exact same story in the comic. Yeah, pretty much. They, they kind of covered it, but then what they did was they kind of or from Infinity War and Avengers and game in terms of your format. I'm, I'm going to talk about is... that. I will talk about that. But yeah, go right. Ahead. You know, that is still like a, a kind of common trope anyway in, in, in storytelling. So I didn't like think that they rip, rip off Marvel really. I didn't really get that sense. But whatever, Marvel did it recently and they make, they make the most money ever off it. So whatever. And, um, right. So basically what happened is that they had to go through. So, so Barry, being the only speedster, had to go through multiple of everybody timeline to pull them out of the speed force right so the so right. everybody who was living some past life because i saw the speed force, I mean, speed force is a big time travel thing 
and yeah. it's a fake world and a bullshit. Yeah, and, that, and that, it's like, well, I could stay here and be happy, or I could go back to my to the real right. world. Right, right, right. That's kind of what was the situation, but it was like slightly different. And okay. so he had to kind of remind Oliver of himself, right? right? And then when he did that, it's like, okay, he kind of wake him up. And he died. So Oliver kind of set up, set up, set up the situation to allow Barry to, to help him out. Whatever. Right. But, but I, I just assume by how he was just noticing things that he kind of was understanding his place in things. That that's how I, right. I kind of read into it. But um, right. also, but also in the process. Um, well, you know, I guess we could get into spoilers here. We see Ezra yeah. Miller, and here's the yes. thing. Now here's the thing. Here's the thing. Before we gush over it, right? I don't know why it is. I went up on Facebook Wednesday, boy, but I just saw a still of yeah. Ezra, and I was like, oh gosh, that means Ezra gonna be in it. Okay, okay, that's great, but. I want to see how they incorporate him in the story, and I did right. it. I, I like how they did it. Was it was a nice little humorous moment, but it, right. the point mainly being is that okay, well we we going into DCEU here, guys. So hey, it's funny we have Ezra and we have um and we have oh gosh, uh, Flashes. Well, the the actor who plays Flash, right? Talk to each other like hey, oh sorry, Grant Gustin. It's like hey, I'm I'm the Flash. <laughs> so that was a nice little moment. I thought that was that was really and then overstate welcome. So that was cool. But yeah, um, what we we thought about about that scene? Uh, yeah, I yeah, I was so glad they did this. I mean, as I say, the Mad Men did it now. Um, it's something that I was talking about a long time ago because my 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 attitude was since this is since the time of Batman v Superman when I yes. saw Batman v Superman happen and I realized, way boy, these people are in fucking trouble, John. My right. attitude. So why 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 not bring in CW characters into right. your world? My right. Was right. My attitude is what look. Somebody had a somewhere, I don't know who had to do it, they had to get Kevin Feige, they have like Kevin Feige, and get his shit together, and literally set up the situation where every live-action DC character has to be part of a multiverse. They have to right. fucking do it. Like, get that shit done, no matter what. Like, that had to be done by any means necessary. And they finally did it. I mean, I, in my opinion, it's a little too little too late, but whatever. Who cares? Yeah. Time will pass, people will right, whatever. Yeah, um, that, but that, that, that was a really cool moment. But, um, okay, so just to kind of run through what, what happens here, right? Well, just leading into the to the final episode, which um, I have my issues with this, but I'll get to that in a bit, right? So it all kind of leads to the big confrontation. You know we're going to lead up to it anyway, right? Where basically our heroes have to join forces. I don't want to say join forces because they already join forces already, right? Now they have to work together to stop, um, to stop the anti-monitor, right? And... Okay, I understand the spec um Spectre have to be the one to, you know, to land the finishing blow, right? You know what I mean? So he is well of course Oliver Queen. Haha, he's he's Tony Stark in this case, right? I get that, right? And but if I could just get to one gripe that I have with it, right? Now, as far as the, the conflict and the climax go, I can live with that. I understand okay, he had to give you life up, he he had to, you know, yeah, he, he had to defeat the anti monitor okay, that 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 makes sense, right? While everybody else doing spin kicks and shooting eye beams and all that kind of stuff at these um, what do you call them, boy? Um, they're not specters, haha, but the I think it's some shadow something, whatever it is, right? They had a a term, I forgot what it was, but yeah, um, they're thinking that okay, the the guy who Oliver met on the, in purgatory, I tell him, well, okay, well everything was led up to this point, you know, mean every kick, every punch, with someone calling yourself, right, had led to this moment. Um, why, why, why you couldn't use like some, why, why you couldn't stick to his bow and arrow though, but still have the same powers that he had as Spectre? I find that was, uh, that was a bit of a letdown. He had to be super powered, um, Oliver to stop 
the the anti-monitor. Like, dude, you see Arrowdrid. This is the last episode I am I assuming where we're gonna see you in the flesh. Shit. Like, do do your arrow shit now. Like, come on. That's just my gripe. But yeah, I I well I yes, come thing. on. I didn't care one way or the other, frankly, at that point. Um I just wanted what I what okay, so at the only one end, I get why everything looking so cheap and shitty. At the other end, oh, yeah. I was like, well, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they clearly had to spend money here and not here to get this done and whatever, whatever. And clearly, they just didn't get the budget. Like, seriously, if they didn't just get the budget, Aquaman alone, we would have got an amazing piece of work here. Eh? But, you know, we just get the, the budget of a Power Rangers season, right? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it, it was trying to go all Matrix with it, boy, with, you know, be like everything blowing up around them and stuff like that. I like. Come on, manager. Like, like, really. Like, like, y'all in this isolated area already. You want to add more VFX to it? And it just right, right, right. But I, uh, as I say, as I say, they, they, everything just felt really rushed. But at least they do the key things that matter. Why? What I was expecting was the, the big splash shot of the Spectre sending all the big heroes against Anti Monitor. But we don't get that. We just kind of just get his final fight and we get the big shrinking thing, which was kind of lame, I thought. Yeah, um, it was. It was. Well, that's that's going to see next episode, right? But I mean. Oliver having to sacrifice his life, I get. And then, like, I cried when he ended up. I was like, you know, they, they was kind of leading up to this from since last season. So, we get that. But, I don't know. It, it just came off more like Matrix Revolutions than, right. than, than um, Avengers Endgame, right? So, getting... Just talking about Avengers here for a bit. Yeah, so, you know, the first three episodes coming out in December and then the last two coming out this month, I was like, yeah, this is... um. This is Infinity War and Endgame, right? like the first three episodes of Infinity War, right. especially how it ends with characters, you know, disappearing, quote unquote. And then the last two, well, is Endgame, where everybody had to team up to defeat the big bad, you know. And even right down to, well, you know, the Tony Stark character, Oliver Queen, having to die, you know what I mean? It's, it's almost beat for beat like how Endgame was, right? Yeah. yeah so jumping into the, to the final episode, Legends of Tomorrow here, um, I like how it the well basically this whole reset button so everything seemingly back to normal but i like the fact that oh well you know we this is one earth now and in this case as they reveal in the very end earth prime right. right so you have all the characters meet up together even black lightning as well too and i was i was glad right. that okay cool he could you know meet the flash and all that kind of stuff we'll get to the end in a bit door right but um as expected, well, oh, well, you know, the Antimonitor isn't really dead yet. And, you know, the, the Spectre thing is still about. So now we have to all gang up and do our thing, right? Cool. Um, and then, like, okay, like, I, 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 I like the fact, and, you know, it's, it's typical of all these crossovers, right? Last episode, I always have to have the big battle. Always in the street, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? Um, the, the big showdown. Uh, and you get that. And for what is, it's enjoyable. But oh gosh, man, the the VFX way once again the the VFX yeah. the visuals way, yeah. There's some moments, especially um, aerial shots, like when you see in um, when you see like Supergirl and Superman fighting in the air, dread fighting the anti monitor in the air, dread. It's like God, like really, yo, yo, yo. We still doing this way. Um, yeah. The episode did get points for 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 Bobo. Sorry, not Bobo. Um, yeah. Bebo, 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 yeah, for Bebo, that was cool, but that that leads me to my biggest, biggest issue with this thread. This didn't feel like a Legends of Tomorrow episode at all, dread. Yes, I was assuming with with Sarah and Mick Dana that they were trying to kind of lead to, oh well, one day this could be like the new set of Legends, now. 
You know what I mean? It'll be super gale and flash and emo. We go we will be our like legends, like the new legends. And then well, because of how things change now, especially with you know the fact slight spoiler with um with uh Lex Luthor being in this high position and everybody loving him. Right. I thought well, that right. was going to lead to I, I oh thought... we going to fix this. This is like a time thing that we have to adjust well, and no, that would like, be like new yeah. but it's like no they do something right. else different which are which are which I which I like but still once again it's like but this is not legends though. Still. Well no okay so yeah it it, it starts as a it's it really the crossover finale episode I already fighting on as a legend episode. It's like whatever it's more we started over everything from scratch. It don't really have time thing, but because of the whole multiverse stuff, they, they can't really use the way right now. Go back in a, a past, great have no past to go back to. The only memories exist is because of the the what is the um the, the special people now. And where's called them the um Oh the Paragons. Paragon. Right. And it's like whatever. And clearly you're gonna have a couple things that are gonna be breaking the paragon rule, but like for the most part, clearly because Lex Luthor manipulate things to become special and everything change up in this one world is fine. I don't have a yeah. problem with it because they reset. And they do exactly what they do in the comic. Same, right. same. Oh, plot okay, line. okay, right, right. But I, I think you think why I was so disappointed by it is because well, you know the the previous episodes, right? Well, starts off with Supergirl, then Batwoman, Flash, Arrow, still involve the main character, no? so Supergirl they had someone with her, Batwoman, who in um, encountering Bruce Wayne. Um, you know, the Flash with his stuff, Arrow with his stuff. And then Legends is just, well, Sarah, Ray, and Mike, and Mick, sorry, just going through the motions and help not because, well, you know, the world is at risk, but it doesn't right. quite lead into what to expect with, you know, the new season now because this is the season premiere we're talking about. I mean, sure, we see uh, we see Sarah, well, I think it's she ex-girlfriend, and well, boy, it, it, um, it, I forget his name, but you don't really do much with him. Yeah, no, no, I know. This was the final episode. It wasn't really a legend thing. It was just focusing on Sarah. Like, because Sarah finally lose all of her, and they kept her out. That is right, why right. I can I'll, I'll give you show credit for that, but still, it's right. like, okay, what to expect from them, from her going forward. But I was like, okay, with her, I understand, great, but what about Mick? What about Ray? Not I don't know. I don't like Yeah. Uh, but let me just talk about the end, and then we'll just kind of wrap up where we talk about the show as a whole. The, sorry, crossover as a whole. Uh, the, the last few minutes of this are really, really, really dark, though. I like that we go in with Justice League. In this case, well, they, they had a little Super Friends song playing in back. I thought that was cool. Um, right, it's a reference to uh, the show with his Gleek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, the, the sort of green monkey that was in the um, in the yeah, series itself, right? Yeah, the blue yeah. monkey with, um, with the Wonder Twins, yeah. Yeah, I wonder if we can see Wendy and Marvin. I know we saw them in... Um, in um, Young Justice, actually, but um, right, I don't yeah. know if they're going to be incorporated into this new thing here. But I just love the fact that, you know, I mean, everything, well, all the Earths pretty much is one place. Well, sorry, I, I should, let me rephrase that. So, like, all the major heroes on Earth Prime now. So, you have no excuse for Black Lightning to just be doing stuff on his own. He could actually cross over ever so often and, you know, would right. like Flash or Supergirl finally. Um, at the, the, the shot where I saw the Legion of Superheroes that was really cool as well I had to look close like oh yeah that's them and I was trying to remember I think they were mentioned in Legends before or one of the other shows right. I can't remember but I think they were mentioned before I think it was in Legends so. um, 
where you saw you saw um, Titans. That was really cool. Doom Patrol, right. you saw. And I was like, ah, oh, where, 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 I see that, I see that. Yeah. because they separate Doom Patrol and Titans now. Yes, they did, but um, but you really wasn't. This I try to remember if they were uh, like if they ever hit the if they ever like hinted at them being in the same earth at all. No, no, like in in uh, Beast Boy was an episode, right? Beast Boy. Doom Patrol was an episode right, of Titans. Right, right. Boy was right. He was right. Yeah. All right. I remember right. now. Yeah, yeah. So right. So yeah, right. But... that was a weird change, and I don't know why they did that because it's like, wait, so Cyborg, Cyborg gonna be part of Titans now? We're not sure, right? I don't know. Yeah, that, that, that was that was well. Hopefully, they have Beast a good Boy excuse for this. Yeah, yeah. Would Beast Boy keep the memories? Like, would he have the memories of the Doom Patrol? I'm not sure, right? Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, I really dug the end though, and it comes like right after. A really nice moment where they pay tribute to um to to Oliver as well. So right. I just guessing that with the Pizrama this season, this final season, the arrow is going to be fairly short, right? Right now, you right. only have eight episodes. So I have a feeling because I don't want him to just end it like that, right? But I have a feeling that the last episode or last couple of episodes will involve um Oliver's daughter's Mia. Like she will actually right. like, really officially don the mantle and become the Green Arrow. And you know, you'll see what happened to John Diggle and you know. Wild dog and everybody else, you'll see what happens. Yeah, there. well, a couple of things, a couple of things they hide for, for, for this new thing. Well, again, because the DCU is now officially part of the Arrowverse, uh, that's a hype. But, um, Green Lanterns, yes, 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 I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah, that was nice, a hype. Nice shot um, that. I was like, hey, okay, yeah. yeah. Then we see, a, well, you know, there's a Star Gill series coming, so I don't know if that that's gonna be a new show, and that's a technically not separate, separate, so that's a new earth, too. Um, yeah. What else? Oh, right. Well, the show Brandon Routh Superman being alive and he's the original type Christopher Reeve Superman, not the Kingdom Come one. I like that. Yeah, that, that was um, cool. That's cool. Okay, yeah, the yeah, similar yeah, shot to like the, yeah. the end of the of the Superman movies, actually the old ones. Yeah. Yeah, and um, so I I hope. No, the thing is, I thought what I thought it was gonna do is have um Brandon Routh as as Atom. I thought it was gonna kill him off because that that new guy he's the new Atom, and in the comic now. Mm-hmm. So I thought they were gonna kill him off, and then well, Banner would just make appearances as Superman ever so often, but we didn't get that. It's like no Banner Rod's in the story. I'm like okay, so they're gonna kill off Banner Rod soon, or Gary Ryan sure go on with that. Yeah. The new guy, the new guy, I don't really, I'm not really feeling him. I find he kind of weak. Uh, he's not interesting yet. I'm not really doing anything with him. The stuff with him and Supergirl was kind of flat. Um, I thought they would do more with with like Super Supergirl and. New monitor, like I thought that'd be more interesting, but yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. that's well flat. Yeah. Oh, and by the way, we, we even see um Swamp Thing though, which still right. I don't watch. Like as soon as I hear after it's, episode one, they cancel that. I was like, um, that yeah. got canceled. But the thing is, they might do they might do the thing where they did with Constantine, right? Oh, incorporated him in another show, Doom Patrol. Right, anyone put him in Doom Patrol, please, please. Well, Legends is right. Legends is right up the alley or something. No legends. You could you could totally show up in legends. Like seriously. Okay. Like okay. So you corporate the DC universe stuff with CW. Well, yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I mean, right. the possibilities are endless here. And you know, as we talk about it, yes, this is very much like how Endgame was. So, um, in, yeah. in just to summarize the whole thing, um, this I would say was not like okay as much as we hyped this up to be like the biggest best crossover ever. Um, I wouldn't say that it was, but it certainly did entertainment. Um, it had a more dramatic tone than the others, which makes sense, you know, because you know it's Arrow, right? And Arrow have to die and stuff like that. Um, 
the team that they use, like they actually make a new, like an actual team for Crisis, actually works. It actually fits the whole pseudo dramatic tone for this set of work. Um, I'm glad that you know the major characters get stuff to do. Are actually kind of warming up a little, little, little bit more to, to Batwoman now, but still, you know, she she well, has, cool. at least to give her stuff to do. I I, I still don't know if right. I'm gonna watch the show, but. It, you know. Yeah, one of the biggest problems was whether or not they're going to have a... Well, the big crossover, if she'll have to cross away other material. But I was uh, particularly um, impressed with the solo, who was a solo outed. And now, since he's part of this quote-unquote Justice League now, I want to see what they're going to do going forward now. Because now, all the writers for all the shows have a card blanche on the material. Everything yes. changed. Yeah. Everything changed. So, I don't know what they're going to do. Everything is like from scratch now. Um, yeah. That's kind of the whole point. You know, I don't care about anything. All the big plot lines done. They just wrap it up everything from, you know, from this crisis event. Um, yeah, yeah. So that's so I don't know. You know, Brad, Batwoman getting a restart. Flash getting a restart. You know, everything getting a restart. And, you know, um, the only yeah. thing that well, kind of really starts... to see what they do with, uh, with Black Lightning in particular because the right, season, right. Yeah, season and... 3 hasn't wrapped up. It just stopped halfway. Right. Right. Yeah. right. So I don't know what they're going to do and then um, to, to see. Like, they might do something similar. Like keep it on a similar thread with like, oh well, it doesn't really change things, and because all of her didn't really change things all that much, but because it's all this one earth, you, you you have that kind of butterfly effect thing, and then none of them really have a working memory of what happened. Well, it should because of John, but um now the big the big second point and the only character that they make interested going forward is really Supergirl and Superman. Yes. Um, because now well they change a couple things. Um, well with Lex Luthor, it looked like they're gonna be doing the Lex Luthor's president thing. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no. Superman has two kids, not one, which is interesting. Yes. Uh, because of the whole timeline shenanigans. So I was like, oh shit, that could, that gonna be interesting as what it is. So whatever. Yeah. And uh, I, speaking, speaking of uh, kids, quickly, right? John Diggle, uh, can remember with a certain crossover happening, like I think he had a daughter before, and then it turned to a son or something like that. Like that yeah. Right, and then that switched out. So is it that he got back his daughter? Like his daughter is back who she is. And the, the son that he adopts, so now he has two kids, right? That's the right. that's what I get that they that's they, thing. They, 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 the writers the writers use this as the, the, the carte blanche again, you know. Uh, from here on in, much like how you know we have a, a, a plot line that could get away with anything like what Doctor Strange and Time Stone was in, in Infinity One and Game, the yeah. same thing. You can't question them because it didn't really have any continuity by definition. They right. could they could play with what they want. If if they want to keep some continuity, they, they make it. If they don't want to, they drop it. Right, right, right. Um, so this this last thing starts, right? But um, it is flawed, though, admittedly. Like, I mean, by now, if you've been watching these crossovers and the shows as a whole, it kind of could get by with the whole, you know, sloppy CG stuff. But I just thought that because this is a big event, I thought that they would have spent a little bit more cash on certain things now. But, you know, right. especially like with the anti monitor stuff in the final episodes, just like, right. nah, boy, nah. Yeah, 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 and the way how like Superman and Supergirl look, boy, when you're flying, uh, nah, boy, nah. Yeah. But um, oh. speaking of that, this is, but um, the main main thing is not really so much the the the, the VFX, but I felt that they, like you see, they did rush certain things. Cause there's some little like subplots that they set up, like uh, one in particular involving um, Batwoman and Supergirl. Like I thought they were right. gonna get back to it. Well, Batwoman mean kinda unsure of Supergirl's movement so it's like oh well I have this kryptonite here that I got from Bruce so if ever you drop the ball you wanna you know turn against us I have this and I thought that they would have played up on that now so you have tension within the group and then it's like well no because 
we kind of have to find our way and do our thing, and then well, Oliver have to do heating and kind of all about Oliver now, and there's so much about we and you know all kind of stuff. So I just wish that they kind of could focus like you know right. like MC and really tell yeah. the story. Like even if they if it, if it needs one more episode to even things out, I th- I would actually wouldn't mind if it was six episodes, but we get five, so all right, whatever. Right, I uh I the only big thing I had a big problem with that was missing is where was reverse flash yeah i had a big problem not being an excuse for him to come now please yeah and i I thought they would have make an effort they didn't do it you know kavanaugh was there so they could have kavanaugh come back wherever but they didn't i thought they would have do something with that because to me barry kind of didn't do anything major in this and i thought that would have been a thing there and they didn't really do anything Right, but um, but overall, like this, this was good. I mean, it was entertaining from from start to finish. Though, what I would say is that, like, I wish that some of the the character stuff was was set up a little bit earlier, like in other shows, and like how um, like what they did with Arrow in particular, with Harbinger, for example, like they set that up in the season itself. So when she shows back up, it's like, oh, okay, well, we know that from before. Uh, but the stuff with like Pariah and then Anti Monitor and all that kind of stuff just kind of just came and then well oh gosh um how Cisco became vibe again it was just like literal snap your fingers and and back now so yeah I mean we yeah. can talk about flaws holy but I mean this one clearly was for the fans about the series well at least for those who stuck around for so long and the, the well the, the DC comics heads out there you know what I mean so it was kind of catering to both everybody else who has seen well uh, who watches but just be like. Yeah, I do get this trend. Um, but I have a feeling like you know they they, they probably would understand more with the MCU stuff, like you know Avengers stuff, uh, more more than this. But other than that, this was what it was. If I'd rate it, uh, strong two out of five. I mean, it was alright for what it was. Then right. completely blew my way. I wish it was better than what it was, but uh, it is what it is, boy. But one thing I just and I'll, I'll shut up here. I just really curious to see how they're gonna wrap up. Um, arrow at this point here like how are they gonna end off the whole series here and tie it back to all the shenanigans that went down with the crisis now and then of course with the other shows like um where where's black lightning gonna go from there is the story gonna continue or just stop and like restart oh sorry let's stop and restart but is it just done halfway and now we're gonna focus on new stuff i don't know but hey i just curious to see how things play out um especially with legends though because i mean enough legend stuff in it but Hey, we'll see. Um, any last words and reading on uh, you know Christ and Jesus? You know, is he is he is he Bart Simpson? Is he Bart Simpson gift? You know, with the cake. Now, at least you tried, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I really like. I enjoyed it for what it was. You know, I enjoyed it for what it was. But again, again, you know, I said this last time. Um, it's really a shame that the movie people can get this shit together. And we should have. I should have been watching something like this, much grander, much better thought out in IMAX. Um, Thank you. It's, it's really a shame, and that, you, know, you know because what pisses me off about it is that they clearly they fuck up their own thing with the movies, and then they clearly because of lawyers and and licensing, they clearly hamstring the TV people from doing what they're doing. So the TV people couldn't do everything that they needed to do, and it's that they just end up ruining the whole thing all altogether. Whatever. Yeah. I I happy that we got it. I enjoyed for what it was. I glad that it, all the, the ending was satisfactory for me. Um, I like that they did the reset button, and you know, just like in the comics, is great. And I'm really, I'm glad that they have a card plunge, so nobody could, consp- um, which is continuity manga and fight down continuity all the time. Nobody cares. You reset yeah. as a reset, you do what the fuck they want. 
right now now it's on this point you have to con- you have to care about continuity right if you care at all that is it um right. you know for me i give it yeah i give it like a, a six out of ten maybe yeah, a five out of ten sure five stuff man i mean side side yeah not not mind-blowing like i wish it I wish it could have been but this is what it is man i mean but yeah if, if you're if you're a fan of it yeah yeah check it out check it out um but if you just don't really care about the cw stuff at all then yeah i i see no reason for you to check this out <sighs> all right so let's move on to um some music right this is actually gonna be my first album review for the season here for the year for the decade um and yeah speaking of the decade like projects well i wouldn't say like a lot of projects have been dropping actually but yeah just a few have been showing up that nobody saw coming um well one of which I actually enjoyed this year actually um uh, well you know saturday i should say is this this collaboration album between uh mad lib and uno right who are both brothers they're both producers oftentimes rappers they have a project called, called the professionals really really dope album right so i would say that's like that really opened up the decade strong right um also well actually the same time when this album came out uh, Mac Miller's posthumous album Circles came out. Um, I haven't listened to this yet. I will check it out for right. sure. Right, but what I want to talk about here is Eminem's eleventh album, "Music to Be Murdered By." Right. So, just woke up on Friday last week, Friday, my own my own business, and I do follow you know Eminem on Twitter, so I just see he talk about hey album out now. Like what album? What? You know what I mean? So once again, he pulled a kamikaze on us, right? Surprise album out of the blue. And then he also had a, a video, right? Which I'll talk about, um, which he he dropped on the same day, right? So checked out. I was I look at the title. I see music to be murdered by. Looking at the the cover, have this sort yeah. of horror chorus kind of vibe to it, macabre vibe to it. And it's only after the fact I, I learned that it's actually a reference. Well, it's inspired actually yeah. by Alfred Hitchcock's. Yeah, the old, old uh, Chuck Yeah, sort of an album, sort of a thing that he had with uh, right. this composer called Jeff Alexander, right? Well, our arranger actually, uh, called Alfred Hitchcock's Presents Murder, Music to Be Murdered by. There, you could actually find it on YouTube. I'll, I'll give it a listen. But I, I just kind of glimpsed through it and I was like, all right, cool, cool. So, yeah, uh, so right off the title alone, I did like, okay, so I'm going back to the horror core stuff. Because I know last time he did that was with Relapse, right? Which was back in 2009. And this was right around the time where he was basically just trying to get his career back. But how I saw Relapse now was him just kind of flushing out all the darkness. Like flushing out all the pills and stuff like that that he was taking. And then with Recovery now in 2010, it's like, okay, I'm fresh now. I'm new. I'm not doing... I'm clean now. I could make these you know, pseudo-inspirational um, songs now, like Not Afraid. I could branch out and try new things, like with Rihanna, with Love the Way You Lie, you know what I mean? So it's like yeah. a, you know, like a transformation, basically, of Eminem now. So I see the title here, and I'm like, okay, well, we're going back to this. And I, one thing that came to my mind now is like, all right, well, I know people did not really respond well to Kamikaze. I was rather fear it and in retrospect i thought that i find i was like a little too fair with it right it's right. not a great album at all though but i do think that it, because it was so much better than um revival you know what i mean it like that that still was a reason why i enjoyed the album so much but still once again it was just the sentiment is 
oh, you didn't like Revival? Well, this album is for you. And it's just this whole middle finger stuff throughout a majority of these songs. And it just kind of gets old after a while. It's just like, okay, well, we get it. All right, cool. You don't, mean, you don't need to be bitching about it so much, right? And this is what leads me to the, the issue that I have here with Eminem, right? And this could be like part album review, well, part quick album review, and part quick rant of sorts, right? So uh, before I get into all of that, right, uh, Ricardo, did you check out the album? Did you watch the video? Right. Or how did you respond at all to Eminem's stuff last week Friday? I, yeah, I did listen to the album. I have it on my phone, and I really like it on average. Uh, there's a lot of great tracks. Uh-huh. And there were a couple great like verses, like genuinely great verses for me at least. I mean, I'm not a big hip hop person, so it like anything could it don't take much to impress me. But I was like, it have a couple verses that are like goddamn amazing in this for me at least. Um, right. So I just really like, and I like a genuinely like a couple tracks. Right, right, right. Well, like a few, tracks are good few. Like all yeah. the stuff with Royce Nine is amazing for me. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, well, here's the thing, right? So. Just, just to get the obvious out of the way, yes, there is some good in this, right? There is some good, right? Um, so just to jump into the to the review here one time, right? I, I thought that it started off really strong with um, Premonition. Sure. That's the opening track. Um, I love just the idea that how, how it sets up everything now, where it's like, oh, well, you know what I mean? Like, I guess this is what it had to be now. And like, you're hearing, um, you're hearing like, um, you know, shovel going into earth. So the idea is that he's yeah. digging back up Slim Shady. And if you look at the album cover, seeing Slim Shady, like the text there, and it's like, well, you're the one angry at them anymore, so guess I had to go back to wild and crazy Slim Shady. Although in this case, is more kind of self-aware Slim Shady, you know what I mean? But yeah, I thought that the, the intro track was really good. Then we have um, Unaccommodating, which right. I felt wasn't like, okay, so Young Emmys first, I didn't expect it to be this. It wasn't half bad. It was actually really good, right? right. Um, that's, that's okay, yeah, okay yeah. first. I think um, my problem is her flow didn't really fit the beat so well. Um, right, right, right. It had this kind of lead, not lazy, but just lead back. That, well, well, right. or, the, 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 you know what I mean? It was just a little slow compared to the beat itself, right? But I, I get that's she style, I guess, whatever. Um, but right. yeah. And I like how M just get all braggadocious, you know, man. You know what I mean? Be cocky and stuff like that, right? So I, I think, like, this is probably one of M's worst, best verse ever, in my opinion. Uh, Except... I really, really like this. Book. All right. No, seriously, I put his verse up there with like his verse in No Favors, or ah. or maybe like um his verse in uh probably maybe even even like um Gatman or Renegade. Right. It, it's a genuinely great verse. Yeah, yeah. It, it, no, he he has some he has some solid um he has a solid verse here. Um, I didn't know that this was a big thing to like like probably like a few hours after the city album. Apparently, people didn't like the 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 way how he ended the second verse, right? The controversial part where he says, "Um, but I'm contemplating yelling bombs away on the game like I'm outside right. of an Ariana Grande concert right, week, right. and you hear a bomb yeah. exploded." I I, I didn't pick up on it till like afterwards, and I was like, "Yeah, okay, I, people I, really took I, I like, yeah I, I was like, "Oh shit!" He actually he actually went there though. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, right. So the next track we have is "You Gonna Learn." Um. White goal. I don't know. I've never heard this guy before. He provides the hook. Right. Hook isn't. I mean, the hook is alright, right? right? Uh, but I really dug Royce's verse. I love how introspective it was. And same yeah. thing with M. I mean, M was pretty solid here. 
Um, and yeah, so also we get little interludes from well the the album itself, the Hitchcock album itself. So you hear Alfred's like, well, this is the album music to be murdered by. You know his accent, right? right? So at first I was like, okay, this is actually Hitchcock, Dirk. I didn't know that this was a reference. And they're like, when I heard this, I was like, oh shit, that's what it is. All right, cool. Um, but I mean, yes, it starts off really good though, but then we get. We get some lows. Some lows. Not a lot of lows, but we get some lows, right? First low boy, those kind of nights. This one features Ed Sheeran, right? Because you know a lot of people right. love that last collaboration with them River. Love that. Look, this more Ed Sheeran problem than an Eminem problem. But yeah, I, I real didn't care about the struggle. I was like, wow, this world slowed yeah, things yeah, down yeah. to me. And okay, so last last time you had a track called Stepping Stones where he was literally talking to D12 and talking about well, yeah, sorry that y'all didn't blow up as much as I did, but uh, sorry, we, we done, because I had to move on and I can't do this stuff anymore, you know what I mean? But now in this song here, talk about, oh, you're, you're mentioning, like, you know, um, Bazaar, you know what I mean? A couple of your, your your former D12 meets and all that in some club or whatnot, right? Um, and then we had some corny business. So we had, like, hit up the next club, met Alexa, but she was so extra, called her etc. Then we had in the last was OMG, like the gas in the tank. She's getting low on me. Said she wants to go with me. I said, go with you where? She said, out. I said, I'm a candle. I'll go out if you blow on me. Right. But anyway, this is like the dumb club party track, boy. But I just really didn't care for this at all. Um. Then we have In Too Deep, which unfortunately is... Just one of those been there who that toxic relationship songs because yes, M has to go on toxic relationships again. You know what I mean? Uh, I hate you, but I love you. You know, Ugh. but um, and the it has this kind of like a poppy instrumental, which one of the issues I have with the album it does it just contrasts heavily with like the title and like what was set up at the very beginning. You know what I mean? It sounds so like radio friendly now, but like, but this is about music to be murdered by. Was this pop stuff? And the hook that M sings doesn't really help things. Oh, by the way, yes, we have some cringy bars here as well. So we have call us Long John Silvers because we selfish. Yeah. <laughs> I like <laughs> So once a year or twice a month, I'm here if you want it. So yeah, I'm open season and I'm always game, so I keep it a hundred there. Ugh. What? See, this is this is the, this is the problem people just have with M now, you know. The corny bars, dread. Yeah. I know, I know. It's intentional. He's being silly, yeah. No, but, but like even even um even even I can't believe it, which I think is a, a big verse. Have like a bunch of corny bars. So, like, no, I know, I know. People's... But at least I could like when he says um. Oh gosh, where it is way okay, I'll, I'll read it, right? And you're from the school of notorious Puba, Cube and the poor yeah. righteous teachers tutored my students, showed them all the blueprint and formula, but it seems like the more they study my music, the more they remind me of eyeballs and watching my pupils get cornier. Yeah, I like that line. <laughs> that was clever. It's corny, but yeah. it's clever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But is that thin line between corniness and cleverness there? That's where <laughs> yeah. usually he drops Especially right. this album here, right? Um, we get another party track here. This is Godzilla. This is what the people talk about because it have I like well, it. you laid yeah. juice will in it, right? Yeah, yeah. 
decent track, yes, but I wish we got at least a verse from Juice World, though. Like, like, okay, like, I was not a fan of his subject matter, the whole emo shit, you know, like, really, like, bitch, you broke my heart kind of stuff, but at least he could have rap, he could have rap. So it's like, why could they get a verse? But anyway, right? Um, but yeah, M flexes a lot, you know, he shows off, he's a monster and all that kind of stuff. Um, he have, like, one cringy bar where he say, I got a passing out, like, what you do when you hand someone flyers. <laughs> but um, I really dug the triplet flows that he does, that he do in the end, though. Like, he was real flexible in the end of that track, though. Like, holy shit. Right? Um, right. But yeah, if you if you like the triplet stuff, you'll, you'll go insane with that. Um, and then we get, uh, to me, honestly, the best track of the album, Darkness, right? This is the one where you got the video from. And the funny thing is, like, I was listening to it, I was digging the beat, even though the it references um, Simon and Garfunkel's Song of Silence, right? He ran down to the piano, the doom, 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 doom. The lonely nose. And you, you would hear the hello darkness, my old friend. Lonely nose, but I get where they're coming from. You know, I mean, the way how they worked the beat was really, um, worked that song into the beat was really cool, right? Right. The funny thing is, like, me listening for the first time, I was listening to the story and I was like, but wait, now this thing going on, why it sound like what happened in Vegas with the guy who was in the hotel and he started shooting a bunch of people? And then I realized, oh shit, it's about him. And what was really yeah, cool right. about this, this is like the, the, the brilliance of this song here. It's that at first you take it, it's about M. He's talking about he's a hotel room, pills, he's ready for a show. And you take it all as like some encore shit, whereas like he can't deal with it, so he had to take pills to get by now. And then they work it, then you realize, oh, it's the guy, the kid, the sniper actually getting ready to, to do this thing. He waited for the show to reach at a certain point. Because there was a concert that was going on, I forgot that actually. And then he did it. Yeah, I can't, can't. Like when yeah. I hit though, I was like, oh. That's what I thought the song could get any better because the song fades out. Then you hear like the these news reports. When you hear the news report of what happened, the shooting, you hear other reports that happened in the past with you know school shoots and stuff like that. And that's when it hit me though. And then like about a few hours later, I checked out the video, which um, I have to check and see if it's one uh, if it's number one and trending. It really should be because a great video. Um, people like some people were kind of turned off by it because oh it's so violent. I didn't really find it so. Yes, it touched on a really uncomfortable subject, but the way how they work it in, especially with um, with M storytelling and wordplay, I think it works though. So, I don't know about you, agree or disagree, but yeah, to me, this was the best song on this album. Um, and I dug the video as well. I thought that the video was great. I love how they worked in what went on without being too exploitative. Um, so, anything you want to share on Darkness or the, the song and the video? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a solid track. You, you don't know what's going on until you, you hit it. Uh, yeah, I, I love the track. Not a personal favorite, but yeah, it, it did. Yeah, so to me, that was a highlight of it. Um, not seeing that it matched the, the, the title, but, you know, once again, uh, just subject matter. That's, that's really what I was going, um, thinking about with this album here. Um, I thought that the following track, Leaving Heaven, was really good as well. Um, yeah. <clears throat> it's another, you know, Play the Cards that was dealt song. But I love um, M's bars of this. You know, he has some great bars. The beat was pretty decent, though. It has this really like dramatic feel to things, really cinematic. Skylar Grey, you know, what I mean, she always shows up on like nearly every um, M album. You know, after right. you know, recovery. Um, her hook. I like. I like how bluesy it is. It has that kind of honky tonk kind of yeah. dark vibe to it. You know what I mean? Like, I'll leave in heaven. You know what I mean? It fits the tone. Um, in the third verse, he mentions his dad who, passed, who actually passed away last year. And he's like, well, bitter over the fact that he left him. You know what I mean? At a very young yeah, age, yeah. he is actually a baby when he left, right? But 
in a strange kind of way, kind of tags him for making that decision because, well, M wouldn't be the guy that he is if he doesn't leave, right? Um, if I have this little gripe, though, I find that in, in um, this, well, near the end where you see uh, Rest in Peace, Cocksucker, Senior Hell, that was kind of important, too. Like, I understand you hate your dad, but come on, my dad was like, hey, come on, come on. It's, it's M. It's like whatever. I, mean, I, I know. I expect it from his film. It's like, God, come on. Come there's, on. there's another, there's another dark track that's coming up. That he was like, God damn. Yeah. So, um, next track we have is Ya Ya, which I love. <laughs> Here's the thing, right? I love the bars. I love, I love the bars. The bars are, are yeah. fantastic, right? Um. Royce come true, black thought, steel. Yeah. Of course, it's black thought, right? Q tip, do yeah. the hook, right? Um, who else? Well, um, kill it to the last verse, right? Yeah. But I still, the, the beat itself, I still had a grow on, though, like, because I was expecting it to be a little bit more high octane. Then, well, you know, the yeah, yeah, yeah stuff, though, which is a reference to, well, you know, from. The, which is uh, Buster Rhymes, Adams from Wu Hag that you want to check. Yeah. Like, you could not get. Yeah. Buster to be in the song to do the yeah 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 stuff. My, my thing is that Buster had to show up for a remix for that shit. Eh? I know, right? Like, yeah. it's, like this is right up his alley, dread. But yeah, so the beat had to grow a bit because I just felt it should have a little bit more bombast, a little bit more energy to it. You know what I mean? But it, for what it is, it's it good. I mean, everybody ready beat good. Um, you might even take a shot at uh, well, Machine Gun Kelly in this one. So he says, um, I'm a sight to see, but you can see from the ring of weird. Me and this gay, we got married already. Had a prenup ready. Fucked on her. Should have seen her belly. She barely was three months pregnant. Bitch had it. Give me a baby. We call it Machine Gun Kelly. It's like, ooh. <laughs> ooh. Okay. Okay. Because, uh, and it's, again, when you run a joke, and again, yeah, we, 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 we shared colleague, uh, um, you know, uh, Vlad P. Boyce himself, uh, Doughboy, make the point that, look, at least, at least he got mentioned, uh, you know, he got mentioned in, um, Unaccommodated, and then really get a this, yes. you know, compared to the right, yeah, yeah. The canon, well, he kind of get mentioned as such, but it's more like, oh, well, he he apparently I supposed to have some beef with him. That's that's how it came up. That's so much like, okay, I'm going to take shots, you know. Um, right. and then, well, we get to, well, in my opinion, probably the worst song of this album, Stepdad. So we have the hook, sorry, so we have the intro to this and then we get to it. And, okay, so the Alchemist co-produced this thread. The Alchemist thread. One of the best yeah, producers right now. And you wouldn't even hear a smidget of his influence on this thing, Dredd. Once again, is the whole, okay, I hate my pervy asshole stepdad. Is this basically his revenge fantasy with him yeah. trying to get back at him? The hook is Astrid. And I don't know how it was it. But it's something about how he does hooks sometimes where you're thinking that he just does it intentionally bad. This, ah, hey, my, To me, Snapdad feel like something come out uh, 2002. That's feel like. I know, feel like, right? it, yeah, like it, this is some Eminem show kind of stuff, though. Like, yeah, yeah, that's what feel like. We still, we still doing this? We still doing this? Yeah, yeah that's it, it feel it, it, it's very dated, but at the same time, I like it because, like, it, it, it does it does give me a lot of nostalgia for early Eminem. So I say, you know, I think you would have grown to this by now, right? Well, I, I was thinking you would have grown to that long time, you know what I mean? But yeah, he's still at it, right? 
but here's here's kind of the irony with this. It kind of fits the title of the album. It kind of fits. Because, yeah. yeah, the stepdad get, gets killed. He gets murdered, actually, and, well, M buries him next to his dog, actually. It's like, well, so it kind of fit. Don't mind, I don't like the song, but it kind of fit, right? Um, we get Marsh, Desi Dextract, which... At first, I didn't really dig it, but then the second, I was like, okay, I could, I could kind of rock with this. I could kind of rock with this. But basically, this is just him shit-talking. He brag-rapping. Um, the, the beat actually fit his flow perfectly. Okay, you have this. It right. sounds like how modern rappers sound, but sort of his take on it. Um, speaking of that, though, I like how um, he does like these Travis Scott-like ad-libs um, in, the, in the chorus like that. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like that. So, this wasn't bad. Not the greatest song ever, but it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad, right? We have Never Love Again, which at first I was like, oh gosh, we're doing this whole I hate you, but I love you, break up, this is the end, but I still love you thing. Then I realized, no, the man actually talked about his, well, substance abuse. So, I was like, okay. You know what I mean? Um, the beat was kind of meh for me, um, and it's kind of weird because Dr. Dre actually co-produced this, but... Um, a dog that he he actually kind of took something that we kind of know to expect from him and used it to touch on something way darker, right? Not the first time he's done this, but it was what it was. It was all right, right? Then we had another song here, Little Engine, which, I don't know, this song still have to grow on me, but because, yes, I like the fact that it's Eminem going schizo, going mad, you know, prone to violence, all that kind of stuff. The beat have this, like, real video game kind of started, but... Um, the hook, though, I, I don't know why, but the hook just keep reminding me of Venom. The little engine go, with the no, with the no, yeah. It's like, and then when you, when you listen to it, it's just him rhyming words with words. You know what I mean? It's not, you don't really see it much, but it's like him trying to get on that slim sheeny shit, but nah, I don't know. Um, one of my favorite tracks comes up next, Lock It Up, which features Addison Pack, right? Um, I actually right. don't mind him with the hook. I thought the hook was cool. Dr. Dre produces beat here. Like how upbeat it is. It has this kind of West Coast feel to it. And I am actually writing the beat very well though. I would say that much. It's only two verses on a hook. This is the overseas welcome. It's it's good for what it is, right? Then we have Farewell Dread. <laughs> I actually yeah. wrote about this on Facebook. I was saying, like, I would have never believed in a million years, Red, that M would have rap on a beat. With a Serrani sample in this trip. Yeah, for real. Serrani, though. Like, where's Serrani, do? Like, he was one of the best things about, like, late 2000s dancehall. Like, his voice alone was like, yeah, this is why I listen to dancehall now. Because he had he had some bangers, though, you know what I mean? But yeah, uh, so the sample, play no games into the beat. Um, and even here, like, a sample of his vocals at the very end, right? Um, I, I guess that's just for people who just don't know who Serrani was or what the song was, right? But anyway, um, <clears throat> this was kind of weird because this is uh, another Love The Way You Like and a song where it's like, yeah, I hate you, bitch, that kind of stuff, right? But the beat so bouncy, though, and like real club-oriented, though. But then when you listen to, to M's lyrics, it's like real dark and bitter, though. So I'm like, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, didn't really care for this song, unfortunately. Um... Second to last track, we have No Regrets, right? Uh, this is essentially the, well, fans want the old me, but they're never going to get that because I'm old now. And yeah, looking back at my life, yeah, glad where I'm at. And if I had the chance to do it again, I'd do it, right? That's essentially what it is. Um, Don Tolliver does he hook. And um, right. pretty much it, it, it feels like 
your standard um sort of trap flavor so it sounds like what the hooks for modern rap songs sound like right and it works in terms of the set of the tone and the feel of it so he kind of addressed the fact that the, the disses that he made at Tyler the Creator and Earl Sweatshirt um, on the last album were a result of misguided anger, quote-unquote, right? Uh, he kind of mentions the beefs, quote-unquote, he have with MGK and the canon. <laughs> he, right. he doesn't really like this or call him my name. It's just like, yeah, so this was a thing, right? So whatever. Um, two verses to the hook, so this kind of came and went for me, but I dug the sentiment for this, right? And then last but not least, uh, and he kind of ended off strong. I'll, I'll give him that with I Will. Now, the hook took a while for me to get into because he just kept rhyming skill with Phil and Will and Kill. But somehow yeah. it just kind of sink itself into your brain. And, so it just, and it just fit the sort of aggressiveness of the beat because, yeah, it's just him reuniting with Slaughterhouse and he just going ham on this beat. And yeah, I, I thought it was like a honestly like a great way to edit. I love how tense and dramatic this beat feels. Everybody comes through uh, with great verses. Um, and M, well, I mean, his verses just kind of steal the show. And uh, for some reason, he might take shots at Lord Jamar again. So he goes yeah. like this I'm more than you bargained for, and I'm far more worse than the 40 some bar Lord Jamar verse. Nothing means more than respect. So when I curse, you could say I swore to protect. My image, I have no zero time or regard for. I never was. Been claiming rap when it's not yours. If it's if it was anybody's house, if it was anyone's house, sorry, G Rap and Rakim would have you would would be having you mop floors. Run DMC would would be having you cleaning sinks. Yeah, your group was off the chain, but you were the weakest link. Ouch. Okay. I okay, so I not versing all things brand new, man, but. I can't come and say, oh, yeah, Lord Jamal was like the worst thing in the, in the group, but whatever. That's what you say, that's what you say, right? And once again, ironically, it fits the tone of the beat, the, you know, sorry, the, the, um, the tone of the, the well, the title, because like, yeah, they, they this kind of murder in this beat, there. I mean, it's just all dark and aggressive and abrasive and all this too, there. so this was what it was, like, I, I really enjoy it for what it was, that the best, best, best song on the, uh, in, on the, on the album, I would say like second or too best for me, but this was a solid way to end the album after. So here's here's my issue with the album as a whole, and M as as where he is right now, the direction that he is in right now, right? So I have a feeling the whole murdered, music to be murdered by thing was just uh was just and I hate to say this though, it was just like a market employee. It was just to get people like me right. excited, like, oh my god, this is gonna be Raw Eminem once again. Then when you dig into it, it's your standard Eminem album, which is fine. But I just felt like the title is very, I, very misleading. Very misleading. Sorry, and even the, the, the uh, and right now to the to the album cover and all too. Even right now to you know the the Alfred Hitchcock uh, references and all stuff and all that too. Is this like okay? This is just to have me believe that this is going to be wanting in my case. Thinking that it's going to be like you know sort of like a horror core stuff. And then it's not really all that much, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah. No, yeah, I um, I felt that it is, it's nostalgia. It felt like a nostalgia kind of album. Like, it does kind of go on back to the stuff that pushed old Eminem buttons. Not right. new stuff, but I liked it for what it was. Um, okay, okay. I, I feel like genuinely great tracks here. Yeah, well, well, maybe it's, well, for me, maybe it's just that, uh, maybe I just need to look at it from that perspective. Because, yeah, you're right, it does feel very much like old Eminem. So that's why I was listening to it. I was like, okay, but 
where's the progression? Where, where is you know? I just I I be kind of wondering. Okay, what direction is he going to go with this? And from that point, from from this point on, it just felt like he was just harkening back to his old self. And okay, if if the album was more self-aware, at least reminded us that okay, y'all y'all wanted old over there. Well, this is where it is, and you, you, they kind of set it up. Okay, cool, right? Um, but here, boy, it was just like, okay, this is just Eminem just by the numbers doing his stuff once again, but I'm not getting really anything new or anything different, right? Which, okay, like like how you see, this is him kind of hacking back to his old stuff, maybe I just need to look at it from that perspective. Um, like, but just going back to the title once again, like I just felt once again, okay, if you're going for dark stuff, be dark, you know what I mean? That that scene, all the songs have to be dark, right? But just have that. In this case, it was it was starts off like that, but then you get like the lovey dovey stuff here, you get the party stuff there. It's like, okay, well, just the title is just a title. It doesn't really mean anything in the NED. You know what I mean? It just it's just once again another Eminem album. Um I will say that he's not as whiny as he was before, but still and oh yes, one point I want to make do with uh with premonition, the opening track is where he says how um how Rolling Stone gave El Kooji's album Bad, right? Uh, a two and a half out of five back then. And now we look at Bad as a classic. It is a classic, right? But Rolling Stone didn't get it for some reason. He have a feeling this could be how revival will be, you know, recognized later on in life. Like people will look back at that and be like, oh, well, yeah, it's actually, we were, we were wrong. We were wrong, right? Cool. But here's the thing with, with El Kooji, though. This is my little argument here. Um, Kooji put out 13 albums, right? The last album he put out was called Exit 13. This was around the time where he was still with Def Jam, right? This was around the time where hip-hop and R&B was big, and this was the lead he was writing in the 2000s, right? The whole hip-hop R&B kind of crossover stuff. But after the 13th album, he stopped, right? He never put out another album. He got to acting more and stuff like that. So my point is that he's not going to spend his time having to prove once again, having to tell his critics and his fans once again that he's the best and he's the greatest and he's the this and he's the that. We know this already. We know this. We have, you, we could check back in discography. We know you are one of the gold trend. But what else do you have to offer? This is what I've been worried, worried though. Is that, okay, are you going to spend the rest of your 40s having to prove to everybody why you're still the best and why people don't get it, why people don't understand you, you know, that kind of thing. I don't know, I just kind of worried about Like For me, just wanting to be a creative, I don't want to be in that corner. I don't want to paint myself in that corner where I have to continually have to prove to people I'm the best in this. Like, dude, you can actually move on to do other things, you know what I mean? Other stuff. But if, you know, music is your thing, and I respect that, right? I understand that. But at least give us something a little different, perhaps. Maybe a little concept, perhaps. And that's why I told you we're going to get with the music to be murdered by. Like, maybe... He would go kind of slightly horrorcore, but he could use that to kind of be self-referential, to talk about himself and, you know, violence and stuff like that and what how he influenced the game there for better right. fools. I told you that go there. Um, but then when you hear stuff like darkness, you're thinking, okay, well, he kind of did that, but he worked it into social commentary. So he's actually talking about how things are right now with gun control and all that kind of stuff. This is cool. This is clever. So he could still be maniacal on wax, but he could still be kind of real and give us, you know, a look right. into 
really uncomfortable stuff that going out today. I, I felt, thought that was going to be the approach, but once again, it's just yeah. I felt same. I felt with this. Uh huh. What? Yeah, I felt with this. I felt with this. He got to play to the fans. That's why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to me, that was that was like this is why I was kind of kind of let down by this because once again, just looking at the title, looking at the album cover, and thinking this is going to be like a new direction. Maybe he's going to use the Slim Shady persona to do something different. And what we get here is just yet another Eminem album. You know what I mean? Just the typical stuff, typical subject matter. You know what I mean? The corny bars here or there. And yes, lyrically, he's still top-notch. There's no denying that. There's some cuts I'll go back to, some bars I'll re-listen to, some hooks that I'll cringe off, like Stepdad, for example. But this one is... I like I don't know. Like At the end of the day, like, just to round things up, I... Kinda still prefer Kamikaze over this, which is not really seen much. But there's some—I mean, there's some solid cuts on this, and don't get me wrong, there's some solid cuts on this. But maybe if I maybe I just have to give it one more listen and just look at it from how you see. You know, he's going back to his old self. Okay, maybe if I look at it from that, maybe I'll appreciate it a little bit more. But um, I, I just uh, wanted. So one second, I just expected him to just take the next step forward. That's so much two steps back, and that's why I got here with this album, unfortunately. Yeah, I um, I mean, it just, it just, I just felt like it just, it just catered to certain things. Um, again, what the fans kind of want. Again, to me, accommodating. His right. voice is like really good in that. I, I just think that's a kind of all-time classic for me. Um, step that I enjoy for what it was. Uh, you know, yeah, it has some corny lines and you know, like the euthanasia line. It's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but I enjoyed for it was great. Just a straightforward, you know, story, story, story driven. You know, sorry, like that's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. fair, fair enough. That, yeah. That's that's fine, yeah. So, yeah, re- yeah so rated wise, I mean, uh, <sighs> what and you know, once again, I find myself being like real charitable to him again now. <laughs> so, originally, I was gonna give it a two and a half out of five, but you know, as I think about it now, very, 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 very light three out of five for this one. Like, it's not the worst album yeah. out there. Is that the best M album out there? But you know, this might make or break fans. You know, be people who probably hate the the whininess and bitchiness about Kamikaze will will probably enjoy this. But like for me, if you're just looking for okay, this is the next step that Eminem has to go. He's done with the whole you know forget revival stuff like that. But you know, I mean, if, if you're looking for that, you're not gonna get this here. Unfortunately, you know, we we get bits of whininess about oh why it is only like my stuff and all that kind of thing you know what i mean and what he did here is at least he didn't stick to that fully like what he did to extent with kamikaze at least he do others other he touched on other things but just unfortunately it's just seemable 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 the only with the only exception being darkness that was something kind of different here but other than that though how uh, maybe for me i just need to give this a couple more lessons i don't think i'll give it a lot but Hey, it is what it is, though. I'm just hoping that with the next project, wherever it is, I hope that M really does just step out of his comfort zone and do something a little bit different. And, you know, I mean, if he has to end his career on that point, I just wanted to be on just doing something a little bit different, you know what I mean? Without right. the same old, same old, same old M formula stuff. And, yeah, that's right. all I really that, that, that. I'll say that. I'll say. I'll say it does. It it is a bit on the formula again. I'll, I'll admit right. that because yeah. like you know, I like I like stuff like on a comedy. So not that. I mean, yeah, I get it. It just feels like a kind of classic ever. I'm sorry that it it is good right now. I I concede that. Right. Right. Fair enough.
All right, so you did not see Dark Waters. Uh, no. I will just do like a quick run through of what the show is about and my thoughts on it. So, yes, this is based off of a true story. This is actually a legal, well, they call it a legal thriller, actually, but I more saw it as a drama, actually, and just, well, not get into the review now, but what I thought was to the detriment of the movie itself is how it was marked it. Right. Uh, for one thing, the poster kind of doesn't really sell the show all that well. And the trailer, even though it was like well put together and stuff like that, it kind of gave this impression it was going to be like along the lines of something like, say, you know, like those, like, remember like 90s, like courtroom legal thriller stuff, like, say, Pelican Brief and A Few Good Men, right. where it was just replayed and, oh, well, if they don't solve this or get this done in time, somebody will die or something like that. No, yeah, the truth will be lost, you know what I mean? That kind of stuff. Yeah, people are so corporate Right, right, right. And they, they, they kind of play that off in the, tra- in the trailer with this, though. Even though it is that, but it's not really that, right? So I'll explain what I mean. So it centers on the, well, the true life character of Robert Bilat, right? He right. is, well, a corporate lawyer. He's from Ohio. He's working for this law firm. Which what? Is, uh, it's, on, it's on the Exxon Valdez thing, right? Yes, 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 yes. So okay, what happens right, is yeah. that, well, he's working at his law firm and then one day this old farmer shows up to him with like a bunch of tapes and just literal evidence stating that his cows got affected by drinking water that's near to this landfill area where um, this group, where this uh, this company, DuPont, 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 sorry. DuPont, yeah. Uh, yeah um, well, what happens is that they end up buying over the guy's, the his brother's land, right? Uh, and then they end up just using it as a landfill. They dumped a bunch of barrels of like chemicals and stuff like that. And that went into the water. And well, yeah. So his cows and just different animals, well, mainly his cows basically got affected. And you know, there's some really gross shots, especially in the videotape stuff, where you see how, you know, the water pretty much mutated them, right? Especially in the innards though. So like, you know, the, the liver and stuff like that grew really large and just all kind of weird, freaky stuff, right? Right, right. So, at first, Robert just like, well, you know, you just saw an old guy, you just complete, well, you know, McCall's and all that kind of stuff, right? But then eventually, he goes, he really digs in because he gets a lot of information and stuff like that. They realize, well, oh, shit, well, DuPont was really, well, not just dumping chemicals, but there was a particular chemical that he used in the production of Teflon, right? And right. he kind of sweep that underneath the, well, well, the reason why they swept that underneath the rug is that they realized now that it had like life threatening, you know, well, it had uh, side side effects, like really, yeah, side effects, right? Yeah, and they knew this and they still oh, swept yeah, like, the rug, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a kind of common, common thing in America in, in, in the last 40 years or so, like that's a maybe 40, I'll say, even even last 60 years, like a lot of fuckery went down with just covering up chemicals, covering up shit for years. Um, look how long it takes for, I mean, I. I, not just this company, but just look at um, GE Western House. Yeah. Um, all them, even the government itself directly. There's stuff like how long it takes to figure out, or not not figure out, but to openly start talking about say lead in in lead exposure to to, to people and point income neighborhoods and them kind of thing. And how that's yes, affecting yes, people. So yeah. yeah, yeah, it's a lot of that. Yeah, and you know, um, and then when you when you learn, well, okay, well, Teflon actually use in literally everything from like plastics to well to nonstick yep. pads, right? It's like, oh shit, you know what I mean? So now he realized like everybody and well as he revealed at the end, 
99% of humans like in this world actually have that chemical. Well, it's called PFOA, so you'll have to look it up. It's a type of acid. But yeah, literally yeah. everybody has this in their bloodstream right now. And it's just a matter of whether it will eventually lead to cancer or some other uh, life-threatening ailment. You know what I mean? It's right. to be seen, right? But yeah. So, of course, mind blown, he has to, he goes really deep, he investigates a lot, uh, he digs in deep there, and uh, even his peers and all, I kind of watch him like, dog, like, you sure you're okay? Because, yeah, one thing they set up in the show is that uh, is that Robert gets very obsessed on, on this thing. He wants right. to know the truth so badly, right? Uh, even his wife, who's played by Anne Hathaway, I didn't even, I forgot she was in this movie, actually. You know, we you right. see how their relationship is kind of affected. Uh, this is, you know, years. Eh? This spans over, well, it starts in 98, actually, and then it goes to, like, about 2010, 2011, that period. Right, okay. Yeah. So, so much years he was digging into this thing there. Uh, what was it this way? Uh, Victor Garber from uh, Legends. He was in this, too. Right. He played uh, Phil Dudley. He's one of the... Uh, He's one of the attorneys, actually, for, for DuPont as well. And, yeah, he was, <laughs> he was like, like real, like, saying, you know what I mean? Like, what is he talking about? Like, we don't know this stuff. Like, dog, like, oh, gosh, like, let go and leave this alone, right? And that's essentially what the show is about. It's like Robert just knowing that, dude, the world has to know about this. We have to expose this. And he will stop at nothing to make sure that, you know, people get to just do that. So, uh yeah, people were talking about this being like one of the best movies of the year. And for me, like even though I saw it after the fact, that I would probably put this as an honorable bench. Like it's a really, really right. good movie. Well, yeah? That's the best okay, show so, I've seen. Yeah. Uh-huh. The thing is, given given the 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 subject matter and, and who's the main actor, it's not right. that surprising to do some shit like this. Um, that is Mark Ruffalo. Mark Ruffalo is like probably one of the most prolific activists out there as an actor. Right. Uh and I just felt like it just this came across like just Spotlight 2.0. Aha. Uh-huh. And you know, well, good thing you say Spotlight 2.0 because, yeah, this actually does have a spotlight feel to things. You know what I mean? The little man yeah. having to represent the little man, you know, <laughs> trying to bring down the, the big corporation or the big foundation or whatever it is, exposing yeah, stuff. And, yeah. Right, big institution. Yeah, that it, it essentially is what it is. But, I mean, it's very well made. It's from a which is from Todd Haynes, right? Yeah, last show he gave us was uh, right. pretty good. Carol, um, haven't yeah, 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 that yeah, show yeah. in a while though, but yeah, Carol, Carol was really, really good, you know what I mean? Um, but yeah, I mean, it was well shot, well written, actually, surprisingly, the, the pacing, the way how it spans years, I thought it was really good as well. Uh, because yeah, like I say, it starts in 1988, but this goes for like about 20 years, right? I think he, right. like today, he is still. Like defending, you know, cancer patients and victims who have right. this thing inside of them. <laughs> but and, the, the, yeah. the, the, the problem when you say you have something that big, it has become a problem because, like, the last film that did this in a big way was what Aaron Brockovich, right? That was like years ago, though. That was that was two thousand. Exactly. Right? I can't remember the, the last film that did this. Big corporations defending against dumping or cancer or some shit like that. Right. And you know, one person sticking up for them, kind of thing. Okay, I. I don't remember. I, I think, yeah, yeah. Well, well, Aaron Markovich made one of the major ones, but I don't remember anything else after that. Me, Maybe there was, yeah, but I can't remember. No, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's just the point I was making. It's like, we haven't had this in a while. You know, we had to talk about, like, hey, look, it, this is something that is an old, 
it's a whole and a pervasive problem. The idea of well, we will we will you know constantly um, dump and but we will dump in such a way where it will not really affect you, but it'll affect poor people and blah 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 blah. blah. And they keep going on and on, and on about that. And it's up to you if you care about that or not because it's poor people. They're poor, yeah, and yeah. they have a presentation, and it's up to you to give a shit about poor people, right? And the my attitude is that if you're doing a film like this, I think okay, I'll never put it like this. Films like this don't do the the level of um awareness that it, it thinks it does. That's all I'll say. Like to me, if it just had a good documentary and a campaign online and a and a hashtag, that probably worked better at least spreading the idea. Rather than a movie, like you need to make a movie. Like that's some ninety, that's some nineteen ninety eight shit to do that. Like that's the problem. A yeah, film that I, need I to be made. Where, where it's more about the guy, and not, right? And not the institution that's doing the 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 evil right. deed. Right. And I, I like okay, if it, if it's a story and you're making a, the guy story, fine. But if it's supposed to be a issue of raising awareness for this thing, then why do this? It's better to do a documentary and put it on Netflix. Like I true, felt this could have been. True. Um, right. and you know and you know as you say that it's a good thing because you know they do they do they didn't even have like a little disclaimer at the very end saying, you know, for more info on this, you know, I mean visit this site online or call us at this number. It's just well, Robert just keeps on fighting and he got through with a lot of cases and uh DuPont had to pay settlements, you know, I mean up the ass and there's a lot right. of stuff there, you know what I mean? And that's just it. So what we get from it, what I got from it is just okay, at least Robert was aware enough and he realized, okay, let me, make a, let me actually do something. Let me actually help this person. And then while he's helping all the person, he realized, oh, this is bigger than we expected. And he learned more about this. Yeah, now exactly. he's doing, he's well, continuing. Exactly. Fighting. So, that's it. I, I think, I think it's, just, yeah, it's, it's just Aaron Buckovich all over again. It's more the story about the guy and it's fine. Like, yeah, that's yeah. it. And I, I couldn't get into that. But it's, it's seems to have a pretty good score on Rotten Tomatoes and Metacritic, so yeah, I'll probably give it, it a chance. It does, it does, it does. And, um, like, I would go to my way to see this is, well, one of the best movies of 2019. I would probably would have given it an honorable mention if I had saw it before. But it is a very well-made film, very well-acted. I thought right. Mark Ruffo was fantastic in this. Um, I was worried about Ad Hathaway being the stay-at-home mom, but at least they give us stuff to do, and uh, moments were really great. Uh, Tim Robbins was in it. I was like, oh, you should even this. Oh, what? Uh, Victor Garber didn't expect to see him. Who else? Bill Pullman. Last time I saw he was yeah. in that, you know, god awful uh, Independence Day Resurgence, right? But yeah, I mean, everybody came through, do their thing. The story was actually quite fascinating. Stuff that, like, I heard bits of it in the news, but I didn't know all the stuff. Um, the, but if I have, like, uh, just a couple gripes, though, they, they tried to play the whole thriller aspect. Like, okay, we have to have that scene where. Our hero is walking towards a car, slight spoiler, and he suspects that somebody's followed him because, ooh, right. you know, the people at DuPont wants to kill him, right? And then another scene involving the, the, old, the, the old man and the farmer and this helicopter hovering over him. He's like, oh, get away from here. You won't get me, that kind of stuff. I like well, that. Those were in the trailer, though, but they don't really add anything to the, to the movies. They're like, oh, DuPont had, had hired some goons to go against them to intimidate them. Well, they kind of did because they had one scene involving a, a, a blatant arson, right? But they didn't really explore that. They kind of just kind of forget about that, actually, because, you know, they expect the viewer to, to be like, oh, well, it's DuPont, so that's why I should hate on them. And then, like, okay, like, I know DuPont did this thing, right? It's it's very despicable. But 
at least it didn't make them to be like absolute monsters or really fully ignorant. Like they knew about what was going on. You saw that during well, one of the few court courtroom scenes there. But it's like, okay, what is the start we're going for here? At the end of the day, are we supposed to hate Newport? Or are we supposed to be like, okay, this is why I should watch all the little bit closer now. Like I, I don't really trust all the right now. Like what how how should we view Newport at the end of, of this movie now? You know what I mean? They don't really do that. It was just the antagonist and we're just supposed to root for, you know, Robert Ducker. He's the good guy. That's that's it really. That's seeing that you're supposed to humanize DuPont, but at least kinda give me a little explanation as to why they would do that, even though they knew about the chemicals and you know the, the effects and stuff like that. But anyway, show is what it is. People will enjoy it. If you like those kind of based on the true story legal stuff, you'll enjoy it. I dug it for what it was. I don't see myself watching it in a hurry. Um but it is what it is, right? So, rating-wise, I'll give this a decent three and a half out of five. It is worth checking out. If you're curious to see it, check it out. It's a really a fascinating story. If you don't know much about it, well, I really recommend you do check it out. But if you're expecting something else, like say, okay, this is a story that nobody knows about, or this is a story that will shock you. Nah, not really. Like, okay, yeah, you know about the chemical, and we all have it, but... It didn't leave me like, oh shit, well now we have to raise some kind of awareness about this and once again, if they had like a little disclaimer talking about it, well, okay, that would have really hit home, but no, it's just like, well, this happened and he's still fighting. Cool. Well, I could rock back and, you know we rock back and know that he's fighting for the small man, you know what I mean? But, um, yeah. So, not much more I could say. Decent three and a half out of five. If, if you, I would recommend checking it out, but if, you, if it's not your cup of tea, then yeah, skip it. All right, last six, last. Now we have Bad Boys for Life. So, well, I want you to do the synopsis on what the movie is about. But uh, so, quick, 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 quick history with with Bad Boys for me, right? With Bad Boys one and two, um, and well, for the was seen show, um, well, the collaboration that I had with you, Ricardo, and Summerly, right, where we talked about Bad Boys too. I said that this was right. probably one of my favorite guilty pleasure movies, part two. Uh, mainly because right. of how over the top the action scenes were. Yes, it was very, very, very light of story, very devoid of character characterization, but still it just had a lot of energy, had a lot of like high octane action to it. And yeah, right. like I just see it's just one of those shows that even if you have like probably one hour of sleep, like you could be like just tired, like dog tired. You could watch this and just be exhilarated though, because it just so high octane, right? But that was back in 2003, right? And before that, well, back in 1995, well, we had the original Bad Boys, right? The first movie. And I remember when that came out, I remember how big a deal it was. I was too young to see it because, well, I don't know, I was like, what, 11 back then? <laughs> I wouldn't have seen it because it was like 40 years and over, but I remember that being a big, big deal. Mainly because, well, Martin Lawrence and Will Smith, you know what I mean? Both of their shows yeah. were on primetime TV, you know what I mean? I loved Martin, I loved... Will uh, Fresh Prince of Bel Air because that came yeah. out before. I, uh, like, yeah, you know, I, 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 so yeah, yeah. My, my parents carry me to see that shit. <laughs> I really didn't give a fuck. Your parents are awesome. Your parents are very, yeah. very, very awesome. I'm a <laughs> yeah, but even yeah, so I eventually saw Bad Boys uh, when I saw it on, on network television, you know, in USA when you said sense out words, you know, what I mean, um, what is like, uh, so the part where they were in the the corner store, they say, you freeze, bitch. I forget what they say, though. Um, I forget what they say, but you know, they kind of center lines, though, you know what I mean? And then I eventually watched that. No, no, yeah, so um, like, it, it, it's in the store, right? It's uh, freeze, mother yeah. bitches. 
Yes, yes, that was it. That was it. No, uh, but they, they sent the F-bombs. Okay, no US right, used right. to do that. But I forget what it is they say. But the lovers or something. I can't remember what it right. was. Something, so- yeah. But yeah, so I eventually saw it uncut, really dug it. Um, yes, it was very derivative, very formulaic. But because it's Martin Will on screen, is like, yeah. And that was, well, of course, everyone's first introduction to Mr. Michael Bay, right? It's like, okay, he could do flashy action movies, show Miami as like the most coolest looking place ever in the world. You know, all that kind of stuff. You know, the camera work that he used, the the action, the music, everything kind of worked for it. Like, it's a very 90s movie. And that's the reason why I dig it so much. It just reminds me of, yeah. well, the 90s, right? But, I, yeah, I am. Um, I, still, I still consider it a great action film. Um, it's something yeah, sure. about that. I'm going to talk about the, what, well, it'll, I'll talk about the issue I have with this film because of that film. Right? Okay, Not so much yes, the second okay. But, but it's the first one. But yeah, all right. Well, I'll, I'll talk about the first one in particular <laughs> with this new one here, right? And last thing I see the with Bad Boys Two, which I did see in theaters, haha, because uh, I was only the fright here. Um, I was just blown away by the the action, you know what I mean? But like I would admit, like yes, it uh, it does kind of show the characters in this reckless light. Like yes, that's kind of like the thing about well, you know, Marcus and Mike, right? They will do the job, they will stop the bad guy, but they have like, this recklessness about them. They will cause accidents, more accidents, more, you know what I mean? More harm than good, that kind of vibe, you know what I mean? But it was just, you know, how they amped up the action in particular, right, compared to the last one. And right there, you know what I mean? Like, this was like a, a sign of the, you know, the beginning of the end of Michael Bay. You know what I mean? Him just... Not just making like these over the top action scenes, but just kind of believing that he was like some kind of action god and like he could just not give a crap about story, but he'll give you all this action. He just had to eat it up. I think this was around the time where we started making the joke about, well, uh, I think Robot Chicken made the joke with, uh, you know, Michael Bay explosions. You know what I mean? So it was around <laughs> yeah. that time that was like, hey, literally any movie with Michael Bay, you're going to get an explosion. This one was just so much explosions. Which I'll also talk about with uh, this movie here. So, uh, just a run through of what Bad Boys for Life, aka Bad Boys Three, is about. Right, so uh, they're getting old. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No uh, surprise. They're getting old. In the fifties, yeah, right. They kind of, they kind of drifting further apart, at least ideologically, about whether or not they're gonna go continue being cops or retiring, and they have to do the prim- paradigm of, well, is it really gonna be Bad Boys for Life? And the story kind of reach it. It's a little quick dumb action sequence at the beginning where you, you find out what it was about. Um, they make <laughs> they, they call back um, probably one of the, big, the more funny bits from part two where you find out well who the father of the baby is. So you'll uh-huh, understand uh-huh. that immediately. Right. And then they, well, they kind of just kind of going on living their life. Um, they introduce this new character. I forget her name. She's the head of Ammo. Um, yeah. yeah what's which is this sort of how. Uh... Sorry, her name is uh, Rita, actually. Right, right, right. And it, basically, she's the head of Ammo. She's this, this tech, tech team. Yeah, not tech team. Well, it's, well, it's tech, tech team. base police right. squad kind right. of thing. Yeah, yeah. They, they basically they basically NCIS, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just, just with younger people in it. Yeah, yeah. It's a young, sexy CSI group, right? And, yeah. and they know how to hack everything and whatnot, right? And then, um, so they made a bet. So it is where the big inciting and the story is where uh-huh. he made his bet and to have a, a running race and say whoever win you, you win my bet and the, the bet was you know retire or stay asking Marcus uh, Mike to ask Marcus to do that and um, 
Michael's winning, and then you just see some some guy a bike come up and bust some P90 shots in my chest. And yeah. you think you're shit. Mike, so, 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 nice so, 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 so Mike get hit to that drive by Find out, you find out that it's something that Mike was connected to. Well, they showed this a little earlier scene, and this this basically this hit list that Mike was on, and he was supposed to be taken out, quote unquote. And then this guy started going after a bunch of others um, to take them out. That's pretty much his script. So he starts. Right. And you slowly but surely figure out what's going on, what the big thing is, who the killer is, uh, who is the person hiring the killer, and why and why and how and Mike is connected to all of that. And yeah, uh, that's the story. Right. I thought the script in this was good. I actually really like the script in this. It's a good mm-hmm. story. Same, same. Yeah, I, I, I agree, I agree. Right, but the problem, I thought almost all of the energy and deliveries drained out of the story. And I don't know, I don't know if that's supposed to be part of the getting old or the just was kind of just half-assing it, but that just drained all of the energy. And I thought the action was kind of weak. And I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I kind of miss Michael B, even though he had a small cameo in the beginning of the movie. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Um, right. Okay, so this is where things can get a little tricky here talking about this show, right? So, allow me to begin. So, I, I wrote on Facebook, like, one of the uh, posts was... Uh, Okay, I can't believe I see this, but this just might be the best entry in the series thus far, right? Right. Uh, and this is just more because of the the, the story. But what I'll say, story, like, right? Yeah, the story I... is. And okay, we we okay. So we're not ranking these as amongst the greatest movies of all time, right? We talk about as far as bad boys movies go, right? Which is not bottom of the barrel, but I mean they they formulate, right? They are basic, yeah, right? Yeah. In nature. So I like that with this one, they that they were they were self aware. They actually knew, okay, we being silly here. We have to update some stuff here. We can't do the the, the same stuff from two thousand three or nine ninety five here. But we have to update things. We have to, especially with you know Marcus right. and Mike, right? Where their directions are in life and stuff like that. Uh, what I was saying though, as far as the story, it's very how, the way how I see it, right? Uh, the writers for this, I I could tell that they probably look at the first film, the '95 right. film, as inspiration because at least with this one, yeah, with with that one, they manage even though not fully successful, they managed to blend the humorous moments with the action with the seriousness. So in this one here, you got you you you'll, you'll laugh right, you'll get your action, but ever so often they'll hit you with something dramatic. You'll hit you with right. something tense. You'll hit you with something like, oh, shit. I, you okay, know, so... Shit they, just they, get they, realer, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, so the working comparison for this is Little Weapon. You know, yes, Little yes, Weapon. Yes. Which, in our way, is like what, was like what Bad Boys, the first one, was mirroring as well in terms of the, the shifted tones. Uh, yeah. It's very right. Little Weapon. Very Little Weapon, very Miami Vice kind of thing, right? Yeah. Um, but the, pro- the, big, the big sell, sorry to say it, but the big sell of that, that this franchise is not the script. Even though I think the script is the best script, it wasn't the script. It was one factor. Only one factor. It's a big goddamn factor. And, well, yes, but I would think it's really Michael B himself and his style. And ah, I felt yeah, 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 yeah. I, well, I would, say, I would say that too is, is the one that really set that up. It was like, Oh, no, you but to really me, want to see the best of Michael B. Jen, watch. But I, I find it. I still, I still consider one my favorite because one just had a style to it, or just an energy to it. It just yes, had these it, shots. It, 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 no line. It did. Yeah, yeah. I feel this film just missed that completely, Jen. 
Like it just had no, I don't know. It just feels so bland and flat. Even though I like the script. Yeah. Okay. So, so it to, had to, no to, I liked. It had no. It just. It just had no. I don't want to say like for lack of a better it, it, term. It's, it's not. It's not high, as high octane as well. No, no, no. Like for for lack of a better term, this film kind of had no soul. Now I'll say, or at least it had its own thing that didn't really line up with me because I still consider the first one an excellent action movie. It is, you know, it, is, it is, yes. And I, I the script for the first one is a simple script, but because Mike, Marcus, and uh, forget the, the girl name from the first one, um, share them both. Oh uh, Tia Leone, I think that was the actress name, right? But yeah, you, you, you're right, though. Uh, Take it about yeah. it because, yeah, it was it was Michael B. You know, me, he was moving from music yeah. videos to, to an action, and look, I'm going to give you a really stylized action movie yeah. that you have seen before, and it's very, yeah, it's very nineties, and that's what works. You know what I mean? Uh, right yeah. after the music calls and the the colors, cinematography, yeah. all that stuff, right? What I would say with this, yeah. right, in the, in the movie's defense, in this movie's defense, it was both like the the directors themselves, right, uh, was trying to do their own thing, like trying to do right. a modern take on it, but at the same time, because you have so much diehard fans in the movie. And because of the huge gap in time between two and three, you kind of have to please the fans. There. So you have to give us right. some of the beisms. But uh, I would admit, when they try a couple of beisms, especially like well, the sort of like the 180 shot, where you see like the two characters listen, looking listen, up. It, listen, it I completely really waste like that shot. They completely waste that shot in yeah, the scene. I, because it, it, it just didn't look good, though. Like, Yes, nobody we had a way it. of doing it. Like, we have no, a way of doing it, but in this case, it's just like, yeah, we just do it because it's a bad boys movie, right? It, it I just came up like that. Yeah, in the first film, yeah, yeah, you do the shot after an amazing fucking action sequence. Like, I still yes, consider yes, that, that action sequence is awesome, right? Awesome, yeah. right? And then at the end of that, you do this amazing shot. The second film did something similar, right? Great scene, right. Uh, they, this, they had it right after, like, um. Oh gosh, this uh, guy, the the gangster, forget his name, right? The the wannabe Scarface call Marcus and tell him, "Oh, we have your we have your sister." Right. And then they get that right. shot, and then we see shit just got right. real. Great exactly. movie, I love that. Yeah, yeah. In this one now, he get kicked in the chest and he get back up. And I'm like, all right, well, why are you using it here? Like to me, they could have like have a big reveal. Like, like okay, well, there's a big plot reveal in this, and dies when they could have hit you that. Yeah, I don't yeah. know how to use the telephotos, the telephoto, wrote, um, you know, wrote, what, uh, the, tato, the telephoto tracking shot there. Yeah, I don't yeah, know how to yeah, use yeah. it. And they didn't use it properly. They use it in the worst place. Like, what the hell? Yeah, I, I think, like, in retrospect, though, for this movie here, like, uh, you know, so we did mention that Michael Bay does make a uh, cameo. Did not see that coming a mile away, but it kind of worked. It right. kind of worked, especially in the context. It kind of worked, right? They could have had right. the as a consultant at least, at least to talk to him and be like, okay, what, how we could take this that you used to do that people like? We like that shot from, from Bad Boys 1 and 2. We like right. the isms though, even though people will be kind of annoyed by them because he used them in so much other movies, but I mean, it's the start off with Bad Boys, right? I, but he could no, have I'm as a consultant to talk to him like, okay, what we could do, how we could update this, how we could make it fresh, but you know, we still be still be Michael B at the same time, though, you know what I mean? Without being too pastiche, you know what I mean? That kind of thing, though. They could have done that. Instead of just having them just be there to make an appearance. Like, oh, no, 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 you you handle your scene, you handle your scene. And that's what we kind of get. It's just like these guys handling the scene, but it's like, 
you know, we they, they clearly they want to do their own thing, but at the same time, we just have to have the Bayism stuff. We even have the shot right. of like the Miami side or two, which bro, I did. I, I did. I don't do that shot, right? The Miami side. Yeah, and it's right? just me though, but the frame of it though, it's real tight though. Like yeah, you yeah, see oh my everything, like in the first two movies, what? you cut it and it looked real good. This one, it was just so tight though. It's like Yeah. I just I, felt, I it just felt uh one thing, it just felt so after the fact, like Okay, we we halfway to the movie. Uh, what other beers that we could use? Oh, right, the Miami side. Right, cool. Let me let me just squeeze that in. Let me have that as a cutaway. That's how it felt like like a throwy scene. Though. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. As I said, as I said, it's it's my favorite strip because it does a lot of reflexive, ex- introspective stuff about the material for what it's worth. Right. Um, yeah. you know, Marcus and Mike bouncing off each other. I, I I like a lot of that. The new character Rita, she comes in. She's quite good. Um. Even and then the big the big plot reveal involving the two 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 well the two villains. I thought they yeah, were yeah. good for what they were. That, that was I thought great. the that actors. Was I, I thought the actors are a little flat for for one of the characters, but then they do any fast and the furious thing with him. So whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um. Speaking right. of those villains, though, I was a little worried about them because uh we we did get uh okay one of Scarface in the Bad Boys too. In the first one right. we got um uh, who it was I think it was uh was it. Peter Skarsgård, I think yeah. it was. Uh, no, uh, Peter Stormy, I think it was. I, I can't remember That's who played the villain. Stormy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know what I mean? Stormy? Like, no, no. Oh, gosh, who was he? Right? Uh, I can't remember his name. But yeah. yeah but, but I don't know. Like, I just more remember the villain in the second one because he was just so blatantly trying to be Scarface, right? But this right. one, yeah. I'm not saying that they gave them a lot of depth, but they were the most memorable out of them. And how they incorporate them into well the lives of Marcus and uh, right. and Mike, I I love that I love that because it made more yeah. personal. I mean, it really sticks up uh, even more. But okay, oh well okay. So you know we talk about the gripes and stuff like that. But here's the funny thing: I still actually really enjoy the show way more than I expected too. I yeah. No, what saved this one? What saved this one is they actually put the stakes up a lot, so it really yeah. felt. Uh, some, like some some real shit happened in this one, and yeah, I, I like yeah. that. Yeah, because they they, they kill characters. <laughs> yeah, they actually yeah they, they, they kill they characters. Do, they do. They do. That's all we we'll say. Yeah. They do. Yeah. 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 It, it worked. Right. Um. Right. So well. But yeah. But I just like the the smart callbacks. I, I felt that they were mostly well taught up. Right. The 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 callbacks, the little references to the previous films. Uh, the mere fact that yes, Martin Lawrence and Will Smith are old. The mere fact right. that yes, Will is play, still playing the action hero still, and Martin, well, you know, he kind of retired, but they just bring him back for this movie. So they play that off very well. And, and thought that the yes. chemistry still on point. Um, a dog, just like with the first film, a dog like how the shifted tones very ever, effort, well, near effortlessly, I would say though. So you will have a humorous moment, you'll have an action scene, you will have something really tense, really dark, very dramatic, but it never takes away from everything else. So it just has this nice little flow and it's very reminiscent of the first movie. Uh, they tried to copy the high octane action for the second one, but I felt this is where they kind of fell flat. Um, I mean, yes, I dug the action, the, the action was there, but I didn't feel it as much as, say, the first and second movies. The first one had this dramatic tension, especially when you have... Uh, Lord Malfs, I think that's how you pronounce his name, the, the composer, who by the way shows up right. to do the original score for the first movie. That, 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 you know what I mean? But like when you hear it in the first movie, 
that just gets you all popped up now, you know what I mean? Especially with that yeah. with that cheese scene that we talked about. And then, well, two, this was when, you know, it was just all balls in the wall. It was just hanged in scene oh, action. But this one was right. just, okay, we right. know what to do <laughs> that because... Well, I, what, 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 I think the reason why they do it is because, well, we don't, we were people, because, yes, there are people who really did not like Bad Boys 2 at all. And one of the main reasons is just because of how over-the-top and excessively violent felt, right? And I admit it was slightly excessive, but not it too was. much, right? But I felt that, you know, these new guys were like, okay, we don't want to do that. We don't want to be Michael B. Wannabes, so you'll bring we own take into it. But other than just looking good and flashy, it still have to give us that energy, Jenny. You have to have me... You had to have chills going on, you know, um, going down my spine instead of, okay, I'm just going to wait for a quip and then I'll laugh. And then, oh, that looks that look cool. Oh, we get explosion. Oh, gunshots. You know what I mean? You have to give us a little bit more energy. I felt that was what was lacking with the action scenes. Still, they're very well handled, very well shot and edited, but it just lacked that extra oomph. You know what I mean? But, yeah, go on. Yeah, no, um, as I said, I, I, and I enjoy for what it was. And because the way everything is, it, it shaped things up. And well, assuming the kind of money it, it may or may not make, I, I think it'll it's actually on track of doing a lot better than people expect. Um, yeah, it actually is because I thought the cash right now, and well, the the kind of right. what to uh, start <laughs> work on Bad Boys Four, which is like well, right, right, uh, as, as for, especially for a January movie. Um, I yeah. would like to see what Bad Boys Four would be. I think Bad Boys Four could have a little more energy to it. But that's not the problem. It's just it the energy misses something about it that lightning that one had not there. And, yeah, and yeah. get it like, still you could spin you could spin that as oh well it's just they're getting old but no it's something about it just wasn't there right and, and even the over the top this is the second one like i was expecting this show to be over the top but still give us a bit of that because like i i remember right. majority of the action scenes from both movies but still it's just like with well, this one is like like it there but still come on it's bad boys right so once again right. just have it to Please, the fans, but at the same time, you just want to do something different. So, I guess at the end of the day, that's the main issue is just that balancing act. Like, you want to please the fans, but you also want to please people who never cared for the movies at all. You want to actually show a reason why this movie exists. And for the most part, they succeed, right? But hey, we get a force, so at least they can improve on things. But other than that, though, uh, just to round things up, I really dug this movie way more than I expected. I actually really like this show. Um, I have yeah, to yeah, think yeah. about whether it is the best, you know, literally in terms of like the, the, the series as far. Because I still have fun moments of one. I still have great moments of two. This one has a lot of great stuff in it. Um, I really dug the way how it's paced and, you know, the tones and shifting and all that kind of stuff. Acting was solid. Cinematography looked great. Um, music choices. I like the fact that they did not use PDD's Bad Boys for Life throughout the majority of the songs. Uh, right. the movie. I was worried about that. I didn't mind bringing in, well, you know, the original Bad Boy song because you kind of need that in these movies. And how they work it into the movie was really cool as well, where it's like, well, yeah, we we, we still doing this though. <laughs> you know what I mean? That was a great joke. Um, the whole, I'm an old cop and, you know what I mean, you, you should be retired stuff. They play that all very well. Right. And, you know, the little twist and twist yeah. that they do have involving both characters that all were excellent as well and really added a lot. The villains were really intimidating. I would say that much. Um, and they stand out way more than the others. They were like cartoons, like, you know, like the second guy or, or derivative like the first one. But at the end of the day, it's still your formulaic stuff. If, you, if you've seen one body cop action movie, you kind of know where things are going to play out here. But it's in the world of bad boys. I love that they actually 
pretty new life into it. Nah. So it's not like, oh, this is like the greatest movie ever. But as far as like the, the series itself, yeah, this is a step up in the right direction. I really can't wait to see what they do next. So yeah, this was a really surprise for me. And see that we get this in January. So hey, at least we have proof here that, you know, January movies could still kick some ass, right? So right, uh, right. wise I would go for a lighter decent format. This I really recommend it to do see this on the big screen. Uh, I have one and two on Blu-ray as a combo pack. So maybe one day I'll actually buy this movie. I actually don't mind adding this to my collection, um my movie collection here. Uh it's not perfect, mind you. It's still derivative, still formulaic. Um uh, and it's it just kinda lacks the energy that, you know, Mag- Michael B for better or for worse fused into both movies. But yeah. It's still a solid effort. It's still a great update of what was long thought to be a dawn, you know, series. And yeah, I just really can't wait to see what they do next. Um, just right. keep making these, these smart calls, but just, you know, and tweak things for, for the better. But just don't forget that energy trick. And that's what we love in these Bad Boys movies. The energy. Right. I I really hope they get a part four for this and... and... The main yeah. character and Mike could could you know bounce off each other a little better because I, I really like what they did at the end there. Uh, me too, me too, me too. I yeah. give this. I it's give uh, this oh by the way, it's, it's very it's very fast and furious ish. That's all we'll see. Right, uh, I'll see. But yeah. it, it, it works. Right. It works. Yeah. Yeah, but um, as I say, um, what I'll say is that it they, I, I like the script. I guess which they bring more energy, and also I'll give this like a a low movie tone. Um, it it does a good logic thing again. That that call back to the to the the kid from from part two is, is hilarious. Just to see him as this it big is, buff it and it kind of works. So which oh by the way, um, yeah. where 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 Marcus son? Where's Marcus's son with the with the glasses? I was looking through the whole movie. You saw you saw a picture of. Well, basically, it's how the son and daughter looked in Bad Boys too, which kind of make me right. laugh a bit. But still, it's like, wait, 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 the son. I'm not saying you should have bring the actor back, but whatever happened to him then? You well, don't mention I, him I, at I, all. I, you see his daughter, and that's it, dude. Like, what was that? <laughs> I just remember, I just remember the daughter from the second one, and then the, the boy with the fuck up in the head into the doorway. Well, everybody remember that, but still, there was a yeah, boy. That's hilarious. Yeah, but, but, uh, but uh, to, to the franchise's defense, you saw more of the, the boy in the first movie because that's where he was talking. He was he was talking to Mike. It's like, oh, like you know, when when Mike was living in the household, he was talking about, oh, when I shot these bad guys and stuff like that. And he was like, oh, you know what I mean? Like, but still, right. you know, he was he was like a, a standout character, but still, he is part of Marcus's family. So where where is he do? Just saying. Yeah, I, I forget what he. Um, anyway. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, low movie tongue. I don't hate it. I uh, just wish it had more energy. That's what it need. They just need to have that, that oomph. They need that they, because that's the thing with these movies, you know, much like the Fast and the Furious movies. You can't have no nowhere on director. You need a director who have a style, you know, get somebody like I don't know who you could get, get, get F. Gary Gray or somebody like that and bring a, a kind yeah, of he, certain he energy. Could, to. He could do a good job. Look at what he did with uh, Feet and the Furious, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but these guys, uh, I mean, whoever, uh, I'm not even going to try to pronounce the names. They do they do a pretty good job. And uh, while well, I don't read it up here, and I'll, I'll close off here. Apparently, they, they're working on a Beverly Hills Cup 4 because. Right. Everybody the wants Beverly Hills Cup 4. These guys, you know, you have a lot of these guys, like, and they tend to they tend to mostly be Arabic for some reason where they'll latch onto some hip hop thing and 
not do a good job with it. Like, remember, like that guy who did the Wu Tang album, but the album is real shit. Oh, um, oh gosh, that guy who bought the 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 coveted album, but because his name, yeah, yeah, I know you yeah. talk about right. It it coming across like that. It's like, oh, they they happen to be doing another famous black cop movie back in the uh, come on, like you know, yeah, whatever. They're doing the vivo thing, right? Um, you know, they're doing the YouTube vivo thing, right? They're just kind of buying it out and kind of you know sanitizing it in a kind of weak way. So they're like, <laughs> going yeah, thrill, thrill. You know, yeah, back but... to what worked in the first place. Yeah, but uh, all I'll say though, well, just to wrap things up, is that if you are a fan of the Bad Boys franchise, you will enjoy the hell out of this. You should go and see this as soon as you can. Go see it on a big screen. Hope that there's a lot of people. I went, saw it with a huge crowd. We, well, we laugh at that moment. We actually react to a certain shocking moment. That's all you'll see. So yeah, the audience was heavily invested in it. But I will say, if you have Bad Boys 2 on a real, on a pedestal, then yeah, this could be a disappointment for you. Like if you're expecting this movie to amp up on the action, you know, be from part yeah. two, yeah, you're gonna be very, very disappointed with this one here. But if you dug the first one, you love the sort of body cup, sort of formulating aspect of it, then the storytelling there, then yeah, you're gonna enjoy this one. All right. So with all that being said, Ricardo, where can we find you online? I'm on Twitter. As at Armadi on Twitter, and then type in Ricardo Medina on Facebook, you'll find me there. All right, you can find me on Twitter. Just look for Bear Beat Bailey. On Instagram, look for Bears Beats and Bailey. And on Facebook, just look for my name, Matthew Bailey, along with the Legally Black blog, official fan base, where you find a link to this podcast, as well as the others that we've done over the past five seasons, including retrospective reviews. And uh, stuff to look forward to, uh, we have Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, part three. Right. Uh, we still have some Oscar <laughs> nominees to talk about, like Little Women and Harriet, maybe. I don't know. Uh, right. But we definitely have to talk about Peter Glory. Definitely have to talk about Bombshell. Uh, I haven't watched Hip Hop Evolution as I yet, season four, but I'm going to check that out. Uh, we also have Bojack Horseman, the, well, the second half of the final season to talk about. Yeah. And uh, last but not least, and you know, this is funny because we get to this movie literally a few days before the Oscars. Birds of Prey. Right. Yay! So. <laughs> that that weekend is going to be very 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 hectic. Not only do I have to look out for look forward to the the Oscars, but also have to talk about Birds of Prey, which could possibly be a collab. And just kind of working on it right now, but it could be a collab. So you'll hear uh, other people kind of weigh on if this movie could be good or not. Uh, we can't really say right now. My expectations kind of low at this point, but yeah, we'll see. And yeah, that's pretty much about it. So much, okay, guys. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whatever it is. This was Machi Media. Ricardo Medina. And we are setting off for another episode of BSB Sabini. So, until the next one, take care. Peace.